show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer, episode 84. It's me, Russ the Facefield, and I'm joined by Les the Axe Chucker Martin. Terry, 246 Pike, and Byron, Bin Bag Order. Bin Bag Order. I feel like one of those immediately explains itself and the others do not. <laughs> I don't know. I think Les is pretty self explanatory. Oh, yeah, he's that's from right. the forest <laughs> and he's angry. It's like, yeah, yeah, check out my Twitter. It turns out I can throw axes, all right? Yeah, it's all that fire slayer practice you had, mate. Definitely, mate. It's, that's what it is. It's all those games with the fire slayers and like fl- flinging well, yeah, those like. Downgrade you to fives. fives and fives for no good It's like the no time wasting phase. <laughs> It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I did it. In, I was playing Namvar, and it was like it was like oh, I've got from axes, and I'm just like oh yeah, I forgot they've got throwing axes. I to throw axes. It was like but not. Did he remember to throw axes and that and not that his models have two wings? Against me, he knew all the rules because it's the last game. <laughs> oh, right. so, and Jack had coached him, told him exactly how to deploy and how to push his models into the middle of the table on turn one. Mate, not gonna lie, that's a Jack. That's how I got through the ETC. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Les the playbook Martin. Is that... <laughs> yeah. like, like, that is like, just push it in the middle and then say, spend a command point, go first. That's literally. <laughs> it's like a little card. So why... It's like, what do I do? <laughs> push it forward. Oh, that was spend me, a command point. <laughs> go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So why is Byron called the bin bag? We need to like, like go into detail because like, we know why it's called the bin bag. But like the listeners probably don't. I don't think we can tell that horrific story about the bin bags. Oh no, you mean because he takes loads of different war scrolls? At least I didn't Tom Maudsley and literally like Tesco's bag my army onto the table prior to a game. I uh, just he just loves shit like that. He just he loves does. it. Does he live? He gets, he a, lives he gets for a, like it. a really horrid, corrupted glee from it, doesn't he? It's, it's some, he's the sadist. Scissors. He's like. He's such a fucking animal. Fucking he knows animal. how to put models together. He just uses scissors to troll people. Clips them off with fucking nail clippers and stuff. Oh, dang. That reminds me of my childhood. Like <laughs> <laughs> when you're not allowed clippers and you can only, you find like your nail clippers and they break after about three models. Why can't I, I do just, this? I just, really, I just really like the fact that with Byron now, it's like they've got a book that accommodates everything that he wants to take in his list, but yet he's still... Doesn't take the Still, <laughs> Still well, doesn't take That was kind of your fault. Why is it my fault? Because <laughs> you took Hallow Heart. I, I, I didn't fucking want to take Hallow Heart. I was told. What yeah, to you do. did. You were like, can, is, it, is it like Fire Slayers? Can I get? Can you tell what to do? Yeah, it turns out that you can. Well, out... I mean, you could tell me. You could tell me what to do, and then just put me in all the fucking bad matchups, right? Because that would. <laughs> That wouldn't have been shit. It's like Tom's <laughs> ultimate I mean, troll. It's only it's only widely acknowledged as the best list in Warhammer currently. So uh, apart until from last weekend, so until I think I think so think much Chris time Jr. on Twitter. Sorry to say, so. maybe that opinion yeah. is outdated. Um, yeah, by about a week because that's how fast AOS is going right now. It's like... Oh god, it's going quick, isn't it? Um, on another note, though, my list, which I guess should probably be mentioned was really good like it was super interesting so that is that is the current high point of mixed order in my did, opinion did you just take the best war scrolls and then proxy them with walls yeah 
Yeah, it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I guess we should give this a little bit of structure if people are like, what the hell are they talking about? Can we at least share some pictures of my chariots as well so people don't think it sounds really like knockoff and crappy because I think they looked quite nice. Well, they could just go and look at tuna cans in the supermarket, right? Or just yeah. pick- oh, that joke is so like eight years ago. <laughs> You should just pick, if you listeners picture a 1980s goblin wolf rider, take that goblin off the top of it, put it on a base, and then stuck a dry a dryad on it. And that's Byron Scourger in the chariots. Hate you, Les. So much. There's someone who's actually done like conversions with like tree revenants stood on things before. They might, uh, oh no, was that tree men riding dinosaurs? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I won't get into that. I have to apologize for it. Um, so. <laughs> I'm making no apologies for my army. I think my army looked quite nice, and various people said it was very turquoise, so that means it was nice. Yeah, I mean, we're only really messing with you. I'm, I'm just glad I don't have to play it. Here's a hint for anyone who wants to win a painting prize at Face Hammer this year is just paint your army turquoise mm-hmm. and do a nice face. No, because yeah. we're all going to hate Probably. on it apart from Byron. Yeah, but see, it's a bent, right? You I've got so much play. passion for it, though. My votes will cancel for four. <laughs> it's not based on penis size. <laughs> <laughs> Just wangs him with his baby's arm dick and like, oh, my vote counts for ten. <laughs> We're like, with our inches combined, oh no, he still wins. Yeah. Four inches, because we 'cause we're That's added together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My um, unfortunately, I think my shard's performance over the weekend means that he would have been thumbing it in desperately. Um, <laughs> He's trying to thumb in a softy with a sword, just judgment, or whatever it is. Like... Uh, it was, it was like, yeah, sword of flaccidity. Can, but... Fallacious gift that is actually an artifact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, should we explain Terry's name? Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. yeah. My Terry name. Never thumbed a softy in. No, no, you just no. That's not. <laughs> Down this road leads only darkness. <laughs> so that's Terry's intro done. So, <laughs> oh man. So, so Terry, we... why are you called numbers? I don't numbers. understand. So yeah. after Scarbrand died in the first game on turn one, like a true he, hero, he put you in a he put you in a bad matchup as well. Yeah, he put me against some Stonehorns, which was great fun. Hey, you um, know uh, yes, yeah, so Scarbrand died, and then in the second game, um, he got shot loads on the first turn. He survived on one wound, and then he did 246 damage the following two rounds of combat. So, yeah, Scarbrand's pretty good fun. That's so good. <laughs> that, is, that is, like, gratuitously disgusting. That is amazing. He, he, other than killing a Screaming Bell and 40 Plague Monks, which the other Bloodthirster killed, Scarbrand pretty much killed the, the other... 1500 points of the army in, a, in basically a turn and a bit so let, let's just put this into context because uh we're all over the place <laughs> um <laughs> we went to the uh firestorm team event uh, so the that was run by chris tomlin uh of former uh, black sun fame who is always a legend and uh, we went as the dice studs gaming club and uh, it was us four with a uh, friend of the show, Maudsley, and Tony Moore, uh, the Count himself. Can we not refer to him as a friend? Yeah, okay. What, what, acquaintance of the show? Acquaintance of the show, because like, there'll be a load of people saying that he picked his mates again. When, when he we can only mention him three more times, because every time I mention him, I've got a timestamp it, so you can only listen to 30 seconds where we talk about him. That's yeah, actually the only time he listens to our podcast, apparently. He's got a bigger ego than my nose. <laughs> your nose's ego is massive and it's called Les <laughs> it's actually like the nose is the main 
part and the rest of you is the ego for the nose. Right? I said, no, that... I said Morton's got a bigger ego than my oh. nose, which is a little bit, yeah, I'm, yeah, Morton's ego is bigger than my nose, which means that his ego is fucking massive. Oh, I see. I get it now. Uh, you're not listening to me, are you? Too busy trying to, like, troll Terry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But we, we obviously came back, came away from that event and we uh, we took our different armies. And um, one of the games Terry's talking about is he plays a scaven plane, so you can carry yeah. on in round two. Uh, yeah. And you uh, pushed your shit in with Scarbrand. Yeah, pretty much. It's the, the quickest way of explaining <laughs> that. He left Scarbrand on one wound. He ran out of shooting. It was my turn. Scarbrand went in, killed a lot of stuff. Piled in again, killed a lot of stuff. My turn. Killed a lot of stuff in the hero phase with the blood tithe. Killed more stuff, and then I burnt the secret mission to just jump off the table after I'd cleave through his army. So he didn't like even he get to kill Scarbrand. Walked off the table. Yeah, like, he's like, done. my work's done, lads. I'm out. Like you, fucking you guys got Mike this. dropped the army and just walked off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just the uh, the six storm fiends got killed in one swing, which was nice. Fucking hell, that's like what thirty six wounds. Yeah, so the unit had 38, I believe, because he had the extra... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so just, just the, the mortal wounds did 36, and then I rolled the rest of the damage out just for the fun. And I probably could have killed about 12, 13, I think we worked out, Storm Fiends, in Ooh. just that one one attack. And that wasn't even with two activations. That was literally just going once, because the Wrathmongers and the Banner were in range to give him three swings of his axe, and then 11 yeah. attacks with his not silly acts <laughs> it's always amazing when you do that and you just roll two sixes and you're just like oh, just just delete just take that off just take it off yeah i rolled uh, one six in there and it, yeah it's just it's amazing i mean it's car- it's called carnage isn't it for a reason yeah they didn't like who, him when he's angry who did, who did we play that round uh it was that club of people actually i spoke the guy i spoke to um they they're actually people who listen to a podcast that i think doesn't do aos content anymore but it's like a board gaming thing and they all met okay. on Discord, and they were actually all spread all over the country. And they um, is it the role models? That's it. Yeah, yeah. the role model yeah. team. So really nice people, actually. Um, yeah, they're a good, good group. It was a bit unfortunate for them uh, getting us in that second round, I think, because we were Mate. we didn't cap our first round, and we were uh, we were kind of looking for for blood, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I think the the corn player enjoyed playing me when his fucking hex score just scores went off. <laughs> he nearly. I mean, do you want to talk about that? Because he played that really well, didn't he? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I really <laughs> no, 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 I don't. <laughs> so yeah, like essentially, I made sure that he couldn't charge me turn one. He moved forward. I shot off eighty percent of his army. Uh, he won the priority. He moved his hex gorgeous skulls in range of my uh, my block of well, essentially the the, the bridge bunker, um, and I then took my turn, um, cast the spell, failed to get the spell off. Um, and had to sorry cast a spell uh, successfully cast a spell had to re-roll it because of the blood scraper banner um, re-rolled it and then popped a natural 8 which then triggered mm-hmm. the hex gorgeous skulls doing d6 mortal wounds to all the heroes and um, Killy he then promptly killed like the battle mage died the sorceress died the encantor died the hurricane and was left on one wound because I rolled big for the um, for the pluses to cast um, so yeah I had to go and have a take a walk to the toilet, splash some water on my face and uh, have a, a little moment and go, right, these little men with guns and crossbows can actually move without a bridge, so I'm going to yeah. move these across the table. I was going to say, you didn't have to actually cast, right? Play Warhammer. I had to play Warhammer. Well, no, I had to cast because otherwise, like, I'm never going to get to the back objectives. He had um, two uh, two units. So what are the, the naked torso fucking corn boys? Blood Reavers. Yeah, they come at me 
blood reavers were on the backboard edge so i needed to be able to teleport to the middle of the table to then like be do my oppressive shoot and shit um so it was only just like a, a simple cast it was only like a chain lightning to like kill his demon prince because he got it buffed up to quite a good armor save so i was like you know if i just uh, zap him with some mortal wounds um i'll um I'll kill the demon prince and then it's like a blood secreta banner and a couple of units left on the table but um at that point as well though yeah he, he was sitting on quite a bit of blood tithe um so you know he, he bought on some some other bits and pieces but but yeah i was like fuck i don't really want to cast the bridge now because i've only got like hardly any wounds left on the hurricane and the luminarchs took a paste in because he'd uh i deployed badly and he charged some blood loads into it earlier on um so yeah i was a bit like whew have to move these little dudes across the board and shoot the old-fashioned way instead of like walking over my magic bridge good times um yeah. so because you were playing hello heart weren't you? just uh I think yeah, you yeah. It, but... no no fun heart is what we'll call it <laughs> yeah hollow fun heart gonna call it I, i'm really looking forward to playing it in belgium i love the fact you've submitted that for the belgium yeah i me too i'm really like i'm almost tempted to message why don't you just email it, him I, go I, can i, I change my list can and I take, I'll take the head penalty. Take yeah. Well, you can well, just be like, can I change my list? I'm changing it from this to this. And whatever you're changing it to, I'm sure he won't mind. I won't give you the penalty. You could ask. Uh, it's in the pack though, right? That's what I'll be all right. It'll be fine. I mean, I, if anything, I just like the fact that I took that list and it annoys Jack. <laughs> Why does it annoy Jack? <laughs> because everyone's meant to be taking fun lists, weren't they? And then I took that. Oh, yeah. And what's Jack taking? Daughters of Cain, Vanguard Wing, Teleport, Drop Army? No, he's taking all the demigriffs, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've got my hey, fun second. army of Catacross uh, and Xantos and uh, Bone Reap. Sorry, mate, just play Zinc. Mate, they're, they're not. This is the old book for Belgium, isn't it? So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. It's, like, it's the only thing. It feels a bit archaic, like uh, with the Belgium trip, because you had to we had to submit our lists uh, end of December, didn't we, for the event in Feb or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, to submit it feels very the team event list yeah yeah it's um it feels very eighth edition so like list submission um you, you know so then you can see all of the lists and know you're playing it it's it's cool and it's just very different because you know i would have not took Halahar after playing it this weekend i would have took you know the stormcast army that i'm trying to flog on twitter but it's uh you know that's probably what do it then you can take something that you don't have to bring back if someone there wants to buy it have some fun and give it a like a last hurrah yeah, but it's, I'm, I'm like torn because I like having fun by beating people at the game too. You'd never think that considering how well I play these days. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm waiting for you to be a dick. Like I'm waiting for you to be like, Bleh, you know. But mate, you, what you're saying speaks for itself. We don't need to chime in. That's how like it works, that. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, I still remember the name of it. Yeah, it was good. Um, it's obviously in Cardiff. Um, I took my Bone Reapers, so I hadn't um, played any games with them. Uh, I took uh, Xantos and uh, Catacross, two capital, more tech guns from Cavalry, and uh, Mason, and it turned out it was actually a pretty good list. Who knew? Um, but yeah, I did. You know, Charles White. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not Petrofix. Oh, yeah, you're not a cunt. Well, you I are. Am, but, um, I had a good practice game against Terry to get my eye in with the catapults. Yeah, yeah Terry enjoyed that. that. He told all about it. Terry <laughs> 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 so was like, Russ just basically killed me all on the first turn. We were shooting. Yeah. yeah, good practice game for me to get back into Warhammer. After not playing since like what October or whatever when the final was, yeah. and then just <laughs> losing half my army on turn one before I'd even moved to well, it's only Scarbrand and the other 
Blood Fester. Yeah, I mean, that's all the damage <laughs> in the that army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, like, I mean, to be honest, though, defense, it's like... it was more about just getting the eye in with stuff like when do you do this command ability, what does the artifacts do, deployment, that sort of stuff. I think it was useful. Yeah, it would have been nice to actually, you know, use the models that were going to have the most impact over the weekend, but whatever. Mate, it's I fine. Have, I would have literally, if I played Rusty did that, I would have literally just scooped all the models into the, a really useful box and walked off. They're my models, man. Treat me with respect. Mate, I'd yeah. definitely fucking like, I'd have, I'd have, uh, fucking, like, in a movie style, angry Will Farrell and the other guys pushed all the stuff off the table. You just, like, knocked a load of heavy books on them. No, we don't talk about Too that. soon? I'm sorry. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still blame Byron for having really fucking massive art books that I put in a really stupid place. But they're still, <laughs> trying, they're still to be, trying to be cultured. Books. That's true. Maybe I should try to be cultured. It's like, who knew that books were a hazard around this? <laughs> <laughs> saying that now I'll smack you in the head the one next time I see you I know so I'm just going to hide <laughs> oh no shit you can run out. Uh... <laughs> it's getting like a regular thing isn't it like I threatened you on the Slaves of Darkness show as well isn't it? maybe did it's you? not chill out yeah I maybe. threatened to beat you up when you were going to edit me out of the show oh did you I edited that bit probably oh yeah <laughs> and just so you, you're aware like I was right with the, with the Slaves of Darkness patch man Warrior I never Chaos. disagreed with you I just said that it was a shit film. We're not gonna let's not get into that. <laughs> it's done. It's done. No, we move on. Never done. Never over. It's never over. Fucking oh, hell. It's like like a dog with a bone yeah. in this guy. I'm gonna do you know what, I know at least I know what to get you for Christmas. Yeah. That's the thing, like all the all the listeners are like, well Ness is on the show and he argues with Russ. Well actually I've been on all, every show, but Russ has just edited me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like the greatest troll ever. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> this is why you're not allowed to see the editing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so um, you you took order, didn't you, Byron? Stuff. I did. Um, so <clears throat> it was a pretty creative list. Me and Tom thought of it together. Therefore, it was really weird. Um, it was half of the Lizardman army with a pterodon that's been doing well that gets to drop from the sky. So for people who don't know, that is two units of skinks of any type can be chameleons or normal ones. A skink priest, uh, star priest, and a unit of pterodons, which I took 12 of, uh, which weren't assembled or based prior to the event. Great idea. And then the rest of the army was whatever I could fill the gap with. So I only took two characters, which is really good fun. They're both cheap, so it's 220 points in characters. Uh, I had the Skink Priest and the Shard, Sword of Judgment. And even if he didn't do anything spectacular on the weekend, he made people deploy really weirdly. And the combination of him and the pterodons is quite interesting because he makes people deploy weirdly leaving no gaps but then they need to they need to leave big gaps so the pterodons can't land in certain places so between those two things it gives your opponents a bit of a headache and then four scourge runner chariots which definitely don't feel as bent as they look on paper in terms of what they do um two units of shadow warriors and two units of canary so the idea was if it's in the army it has to shoot unless it's the shard and it's mega flexible and you can leave three quarters of it in the sky if you need um and it was amazing to play with actually uh pretty headachey and complicated i'm really glad it doesn't have a magic phase but really 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 interesting and i think like i would i would definitely take it to an event again i think in singles it's you just have to be like <laughs> please don't face this this or this but it's good fun did you you hadn't played any games with this before the event have you had you no, no so I hadn't. what was your like because i know you've you've played order 
and you've used a lot of these things before and it kind of principally suits how you play because I always treat, think of you as quite a visual player because yeah. I know you always talk about shapes on the table. Um, how did you find how did you find any key learning points or did you come away and go, oh, I wish I would have done this or that or I would have had this instead of that or I shouldn't have done this? Was there any game that really like you walked away from Oh, I wish I could play that again. I would have played it different. Uh, yeah, so I didn't shield my shard um, against an unlikely Nagash self-damaging teleport um, adequately and lost him for free to the wound exactly, which was devastating. Mm. Um, and that would have made a difference. I would have I would have got that game if he was alive. Um, that's just a matter of... Like normally I'm really good at making a box and protecting a thing in the middle of the box from that type of thing at least. But um, I knew the trick was there as well. I asked about it and then just uh, wasn't like I should have measured my distances better. So that was really silly. I felt I was quite good at keeping my pterodons in the sky, but you really need to be disciplined with like it's so easy turn two to want to drop everything and be like, oh, I can shock and all this. But the power of keeping at least some of it back. So often it was... I wouldn't. I drop one unit canary, one unit of shadow warriors, and keep the pterodons up. Um, and then I had a damage threat and two flexible threats, one with more numbers than the other, um, for either bodies being in a location that I wanted or being able to get a fairly reliable amount of shooting um, somewhere else. The interestingly, the scourge runners and the shadow warriors don't feel nearly as good on the table as you'd think they are just reading their scrolls. Um, yeah, but like the the chariots are much more swingy. They do a really good job of taking up space, but they, like, you can't forget that they stand in the way well and block up. But the the shadow warriors definitely felt a bit limp, actually. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't rate him at all. I played a guy with a phoenix come, who coined the phrase, mm-hmm. and he had he had shadow warriors, and they just didn't really do anything. They just no. really, I don't well, know, just lackluster. Well, the thing is, their range is uh, see the sixteen or eighteen which is basically enough for you to be within charge range of whatever you shot at. And your shots are decent quality, they hit well, they've got one rend, but that's not enough to kill anything really. And anything that charges you back, even with four models, if they've got two attacks a model and they go first, you've got quite a good chance of just getting wiped out with a battleshock test. Um, well, my catapult basically killed one in combat. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, completely. It's like having three more tech guard, bump the attacks, get the rerolls in, and it's just like... I've killed half of the unit and the rest run away. So yeah, exactly that. So um, yeah, that was that was interesting. They are still good. They come from the sky. That's flexible. Um, the other completely underrated thing in the list um, was the vanguard move on the skinks. They get to move oh, uh, two and six before the game begins. I'd love to have a begins. vanguard unit in my death army. Yeah, it's like I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about that. It's literally one of the best things in the list because they're a useful unit. They got quite good bravery. And it, it often means you're suiciding them, but you're suiciding them to protect potentially the entirety of the rest of your army. Um, yeah, they're really, really good. And if you want to protect your middle, what you can do if you don't want to rely on the 2D6s is, is roll one unit. Um, and if they're spaced an inch apart and you've got the units like one yeah, one you unit. you can run through the unit. gap. Yeah, you can run through the gap on the second one. So yeah, that gives yeah. you two chances. Let's see two you chances need... to roll high in the same yeah, yeah. space. Yeah, that's clever. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they're um they they were like absolute MVPs. So yeah, I think like I played it fairly well. It was really new to me. I think uh, just where stuff was on the table was probably the thing that I 
need to improve at the most, but it's a really steep learning curve with it. So if I took it to another event, especially not a Teams one where like everyone was good, every list was good, mm. um, I think it'd do really well. And it doesn't, no one thing feels over the top in it. Like the Pterodons land and they've got their mortal wounds and they've got a lot of attacks, but there's no rend. <laughs> like once they've spaffed their mortal wounds, they're just, they die to a stiff breeze and they're putting out a lot of crappy attacks. So you have to be really careful with where you put them. And I find that quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's that interesting mixed arms kind of army. And I think you made a good point with the the patience with things that can ambush. So many times I play people that have got these ambush threats and they're doing it on turn one or two. And I'm like, oh, thank God, I can actually move away from the edges of the table and I can actually stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas a lot of people, if you kept kept throwing back, it makes you wonder and go, oh, where's that going to go? And I've got to think about that. And then that's when you leave yourselves open because exactly. you're trying to play the game but you've got to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, they don't cost that many points either, so it's very, very rare that anyone can be um, protecting against them with something that costs less than they do. So if you've mm. got a point, like it's a unit of Canary, they cost 90 points or whatever it is, and Shadow Warriors is 110. If you've got those off the table, you're spending 200 points to have someone possibly have to protect like four points, the, like four locations yeah. on the table, so you're, which you're is a bargain. You're effectively neutralising some of their army yeah. by doing nothing. And then... And it's- they can come and be impactful anyway. Yeah, unless they've got to throw a unit of ghouls or something like that. It, it's normally like 400 points that you're, if you've got two units in the sky that they need to leave in a location. Um, the nice thing about the Shadow Warriors that I did learn is it, it's really tricky with the army because you, you only ever want to be putting one thing into combat because everything dies. So if you are putting the Shard in or you are dropping the Pterodons down or you are going to charge with the unit of Shadow Warriors, however, if you do want to charge with the unit of Shadow Warriors, um, if you shoot something and they have 10 models left with a Ren, they're not bad. And then they've got quite a few attacks to back it up. So it's kind of like sending, I don't know, Tree Revenants in or something. Like, as long as they kill what's there and don't get hit back, do quite a good job of kind of sweeping up anything they didn't get in combat if you can make the charge. Um, but yeah, uh, it lacks it lacks an anvil. Like, it's nothing but shooting. Nothing in mm. it can take a hit back. Uh, if it had something like that, it would be really good. But I just don't think there is an option for something that can get there at the same pace as the rest of the army. Because you didn't really have the big monsters you usually usually have for the anvil. No, no bird. Um, and if you're writing it in cities, it would be a completely different list because you're not allowed the pterodons. Yeah. This is such a weird thing. I mean, almost like the Star Drake becomes appealing, but because you can't take artifacts from... But you can take the the realm one, so maybe a Star Drake would have been slot in that. Yeah, I think it would fit in really well. And because the weight of shots is amazing. The single best thing about the list that I kept on telling people, well, the the two things are flexibility, but that's in two ways, of where you put stuff, where it lands or whatever. But also, I didn't didn't over-allocate wounds significantly once for an entire event, which for a shooting army is weird. But the reason for that is you've got 10 shots here, 10 there, 5 here, 5 there. Yeah, because you've got them spread out. And two. Yeah. Rather um, than one unit with 100 shots where you've got to divide them up, you exactly. don't have to do that. Uh, that's amazing. It means you have to leave a lot of things with like two or three potential targets, but being able to be like, okay, well, I did more than I thought there, so I'll just shoot five of those Shadow Warriors here and five there. Didn't quite get it. One Chariot's crossbow go there. Oh, I got it. And you still got four more options for shooting at that point. It was really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's... It, I think it's a good list for learning from. I'm not sure if it can be tweaked any more than it is, but I definitely would consider taking it. I was about to ask you that, if it's something you'd take going forward, or is it is it just something you did for the team event and it, it, it stops there, or it's still got 
legs or would you just go to a city? I suppose you'd just take a city. Yeah, if you take a city, you lose the Pterodon, so you're basically taking a <gasps> map point. You'd be a dummy not to put a Hurricane in it if you're using similar units. Um, however, the um, it was the final hurrah for the Arconauts with three Skyhooks each. Uh, I see, yeah. So basically, if I was taking it in cities, I could change, like, I don't know, 1200 points of it which feels a bit weird um, it's a different army isn't it oh it's completely i don't know what i'd put in it um but yeah interesting because the the sort of the movement for objective play i always think is really strong especially in a team event where you can guarantee those armies in the boards that have got lots of objectives spread out yeah so things like um royal mordant blister skin flesh eaters or uh deep kin or um you know uh you know living city or silver f you know that those sort of stuff that's got that movement that, that so many armies just don't have. Um, if you can match, you know, like those this into a more static army in a scenario with lots of objectives, it, it's actually a bit problematic for the other person. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if they can kill you either. They could match your your army, or not your army, but like a defensive, aggressive, can do everything apart from shoot OBR army into something of those. They could be like, cool, I'm going to stand in the right place and die slowly, and I've won, um, which is always a really interesting option to have, I think. Yeah, I think the only thing that makes OBR when you take a lot of Mortec guards competitive is having the catapults to take things out of range. Without that, you, you never you, you're going to struggle. Um, but I, I still think there's a lot of legs in the cavalry arm. I'm really impressed with the cavalry. I think there's a lot. Of the book's so solidly strong that I think there's probably like seven super top tier viable lists in there. Yeah, and um, you, the the gas trick you mentioned was that was Chris Myhill using the yeah, gas it was. in OBR. Well, he he basically used him as an artillery piece. Yeah. Um, for arcane bolt, I yeah, he yeah. played really, really well. Um, so so you, he... you basically put protection in the gash on, drop the grave tide, put it through yourself, hope you get the teleport, and then you just bolt some. Yeah, yeah, and then like then potentially charge. And yeah, you're in his army, and it's in the gash with a two up rerollable. Yeah, um, which so. which he did, and you can graphic. get well, you can get plus three to the charge, can't you? And you so. move. Yeah. Yeah, so you teleport it, kill a key piece, which you can definitely do with your umpteen mm -hmm. missiles or whatever, then move, which can be at plus two or three, whatever it is, they could do everything, um, and then charge possibly over the back. And it's really hard to protect against that, and it's Nagash. People aren't used to him coming in that aggressively, and if you get to pick where you do it on the table, it is um, absolutely meant. The dangerous thing is when you get two turns in a row and then he puts protection on again, does that wipe something then does a load more damage wipe something else and the first time he gets hit the next turn he's like cool i'm safe <laughs> yeah as long as something didn't just do like a cheeky on the way in like a bit of deadly train or something like, oh no i don't want to teleport now <laughs> <laughs> so, um... no, I did, uh, when i hit him back i i just had to make lines everywhere hit him and then he couldn't land where he was yeah um which you get was... that really interesting point in one of the games where you do it and he can't land anywhere and you're like what happened now? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'd, my army would have the potential of that. <laughs> no, I don't think many armies would, but um, those Mortec Guard are pretty good at screening stuff about the way. Um, oh, they're ridiculous. Yeah. Them in terrain is literally like game winning for just against some armies. There's nothing that can be done against that. Like two up savory rolling ones, three coming back a turn is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah they're super soft. Um, unless you can shoot or mortal weak, fall down very quick. So, um, what did you, you took Hello Heart, Les? So, did I? Yes, yeah. I'm, Guessing by what you said earlier, you wouldn't want to take this to another event. It's like, well, it's it just it's very, it's like it's hard to explain. I mean, I'm sure Morty would do a better job of doing it, but it's like you you sit there. It's all about. It's just a really 
an enjoyable event like playing it because essentially your opponent watches you deploy you then get to you then sit there roll some dice uh, at one point when i was playing one guy i rolled the six for the pluses to cast um <laughs> and then i'm like well all my spars go off on six and you've only got one wizard in range so do you want me to roll it or like and he was like yeah 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 so like he did the one he tried to uh like i did his first unbind couldn't unbind it um, or and then it was like, well, cool. Like, there's your unbind attempt. Shall I just get say that the spells are off, save a bit of time, because I'm yeah. plus six and everything casts in a six. Be, so yeah, yeah, you'll be eight minimum. Yeah. So it's what? Well, no, it's not even that, mate. It's plus six from the the D six plus oh, one for plus the formation, one for the thing, yeah. plus one for the loot. Yeah. So like, I'm already like ten ridiculous on a double one. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, do you want me to roll it? And he's like, well, no, just say you've got them off. And I'm like, okay. So I just, it was just a lot of bookkeeping that, that was annoying. So I spent more time writing down sort of like the wizards and then doing sort of like a, a tally chart of when they've cast spells and knowing who had what, um, just so that they're, you know, so it's like this guy cast, this guy cast, this guy cast, this guy cast. It's you know, basically and, a one piece puzzle you solve with bridge. Yeah, that, yeah. Good reference. <laughs> Solid Good reference. reference, yeah. <laughs> Solid reference. Um, army's mouth. But yeah, it's yeah, it was just um it, I'm sure like, I mean the, the the best game I had with it, um, other than when I played Tinsdale I made him roll every dice, um, was the when I played I can't think of the guy's name, the Tonesgate Tyrant guy. Um he was an absolute gent to play. It was an, another mission that I, I like another sort of matchup I probably shouldn't have won. Um, and yeah, like it was, I enjoyed that game the most out of all of the games at the weekend, just because of how sort of like tight I had to play and how tactical it was with regards to, um, being able to sort of, you know, mitigate the fact that he was looking to throw because any, essentially his, his trick was take more audience on the hard boys, then do the teleport. Um, and then they get to do their move if they've taken wounds. Um, I'm not sure the the formation, but essentially you teleport them. They take they, they take more wounds. You teleport them because they've taken wounds. They then get to do a D6 move. Um, so yeah, that's he, just the Iron Jaws rule. Yeah. So he essentially gets his whole plan game plan for me was cast the spell, get them in range, and like one unit of fifteen archers, one entire army. Um, wow. And it's a case of that sounds amazing. I'm just impressed. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just. Uh, it was just a case of me making sure that if he did come in, he was going to like, pay for it on the way in um, and getting me getting a bit lucky with priority roles um, and sort of like being able to burn his objectives. It was it was just a really good game um, and really tactical. And, you know, the fact that like the turn that I did lose priority, I managed to use the empowered Quicksilver Swords and put it over the wizard that had one wound left. Um, that had the teleport spell, and then as soon as I killed that, he was just on his backboard edge. So he didn't really do anything, and that was game. But but yeah, that was like the the most fun I had all weekend because it was just otherwise. It was a case of my opponent watched me deploy three turns, and then I either won or lost. Yeah, as it's that it's was, one of those weird armies where you you're basically playing a game on your own, and it's just the the challenge is: do I cast stuff in the right order? Yeah. Do I position my units? Do I cast? Do I do the sequencing right? But your opponent's basically sat there waiting for you to do this and then taking them on. It's yeah. it's pretty soul destroying. It's um, was, it's you know, the new ruck, it's but it does it does the ruck thing every turn. So the the ruck saving grace was that it had no backbone whatsoever, and you had this incredible turn of damage potential. And then you had a fifteen hundred point army that was made to do one thing once and hopefully win the game. 
and 400 points of most opponent's army could wipe out what was left. So you then had a really interesting four turns if you hadn't completely wiped it out in the first turn. But that army doesn't atrophy, it, it, and it doesn't spap its load. It's just great every single turn by existing. Yeah, I think it's just soul-destroying for me to even deploy the army because it has to be done so specifically that, like, so I have to get it right with the deployment. But mm. I'm, I'm there going, oh, fuck's sake, I'll get to deploy it. I have to deploy it again. And then my opponent's there watching me going, fuck's sake, all I'm doing is watching this prick fucking deploy his army and shoot me. Um, and that's, that's the thing. It wasn't, it's not, again, it's not how I like to play Warhammer, but I generally like fast-moving stuff that hits hard and, and, and com- with combat, and I like to pressure my opponent. And this is a case of, do I cast a spell and then move into the middle of the table and shoot stuff? And it is good. And, you know, and it, 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 I'm sure I understand how Tom won an event with it. Um, you know, because with the right matchups, you, 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 you just, your opponent just doesn't stand a chance. But it's, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take it to Belgium and then Tom can have it back, which would be, <laughs> I do appreciate him lending it to me. Um, and I also appreciate uh, Alex for lending me his Hurricane before uh, for Belgium because obviously uh, I'm Tom's had to have his back for his list. Um, so so yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's not for me. It, it's it's a bit boring. It's just like like you said, it's you playing a game on by yourself. So something interesting from what you said though, and like throughout the event, no one wanted to play against Iron Jaws, did they? How hard are they? <laughs> yeah, I love Iron Jaws now, but I, I'm really tempted to get my army. They are so strong. They are like, and in a in a team event, like every single round we were in, like people like, oh, I don't want to play that. Like we had one guy who had whatever it was, was hundred and ten brutes in our first, uh, our boys in in our first round. Just like, what on earth is the answer to that? (laughs) Disgusting, crazy. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I I like the um the movement, um the the tricks you can do with the movement in the hero phase and damaging yourself and teleporting units, and it hits hard. Um. It's right up my street, to be honest. I really like it. Uh, I still think, um, you know, incredibly solid clans... model range as well. Like every oh, army yeah. and every model in that army, whether it's old or new, is just fantastic. Super simple and effective. Uh, I I just think the um, the Oric War Clan book is still like a really really good battle tome. Like it's it's just perfect. Yeah. Um, Props to Saba for smashing it with the um, weaker half of it as well. Yeah, I think I think you're right that the bone splitters is a week slightly weaker than the rest of it. I think Big War's probably the strongest. Um but it I mean to say weak, they're not weak, but they're just not as, as synergistic, I guess, the, the baseline units. Um yeah. so you're almost Agreed. tempted to go Big War just to get some iron jaws in there. Yeah, it's sure. not as optimal, is it? So, so um Terry, you you obviously took corn. Um Yeah. And so you haven't really played with much like you haven't played much competitive AOS, have you? I mean you no. I've just been painting too much. Well, too much. There's never enough painting. There's never too much painting. Um, I hadn't played corn since earlier in the year when I borrowed them for Heat 2, I think it was, or Heat 3, one of the heats. I played five games of corn, and that was that was all my practice for this week or weekend at Cardiff. Um, good. It's good fun. Like, smashing blood verses into people is, is, is great fun. Uh, if I was going to use it again, I'd definitely make some changes, though. Yeah, so, what, so we talked about this, didn't we? There's yeah, so you could take. as fun as Scarbrand is, I think you bin him off out of the list straight away. He is too slow and can't fly. And against people that either have a single chaff line or an endless spell or something, just to put in his way, he becomes almost useless. 
So if you put the Geminids either side of him, he can't move. Yeah, we can, but he has to go backwards, backwards and then forwards to the gain like an inch. And you gain, you gain almost no movement at all. You've had to go sideways and an inch forward. It, so you basically take him out of the game by putting Geminids around him. And you could even go as far as putting another endless spell behind him, and then he can't actually move. Yeah. Um, Those tricksy spells. Yeah, and when you play against lists that have, you know, six endless spells, whatever, and you can only stop maybe one or two of them, and then you just get the board flooded, and it makes it really hard to get him anywhere. Um, he, he does a lot of damage, and he's great fun, but for the less points, I think you just take another uh, Internet Rage one. With the yeah, with the two attacks, I think he does as much damage that is necessary. <clears throat> but the thing is, when Scarbrand goes in and kills something, he usually kills it like five times over. Yeah, it's just too much, isn't it? His damage is so wasted. You you can literally do three hundred damage in two rounds of combat to one unit. You know it, and it's not it's needed. Nice to have a guarantee, though, isn't it? It's it's nice to be able to just go. Well, I know that I automatically do eight wounds with this axe, even if I roll a one, so I can just go these three heroes, bop, 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 and that is great fun, which I did do. Um, but I think just the two-handed axe guy gives you advantages that you you just you get so much value out of him in combat when you roll those couple of sixes, and they've got those little two wounds, yeah you know, a couple of wounds left on a hero, or even a six-wound hero, and you roll two sixes and just do the eight-wound splash from the... When you roll a six to wound, do four mortals to everything within. Yeah. I mean, in my game against um, Jack, I attacked the dragon twice and spilled over five um, sixes, and I killed four... Um, the unit of four... Uh, uh, what are they called? The... The demi the demi knight things I can't think what they're called now. The, the Dracul- uh, Dracolines. Dracoline, uh, not Dracolines. No, uh, concussors, decimators. Is it decimators? The ones that are on the there's for different desolators. ones. Desolators. Desolators. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't even attacking them. I just attacked the dragon and they died. Like, yeah. I think he actually does more damage than Scarbrand can do because he can hit stuff that Scarbrand can't because it's all very short range, where he's got that 8-inch range, effectively, in combat. Yeah, yeah, I know um, what you're saying. It's decent. I think if you drop out Scarbrand, and then put in... And I think it was the Wrathmongers as well, and then you put in two more Bloodthirsters, so you have three of the dude with the axe. Sure, they're not all going to be hitting on threes, because you don't have the artifacts for them, but you can use the plus one to hit from one of the prayers, and then you've just got that extra one in case one of them dies. Yeah, it just um, it does affect your your formation because if you if you take if you drop Scarbrand and you take one want to take two more you can you can actually get a list with three of them in it and the Rafa Corn guy but you kind of have to Gore Pilgrims kind of well no because you want the um you want the other one the Unfettered Fury don't you for the six inch pile and not the Rafa Corn that's what I mean you take him and three of the Internet Rage can you not I thought you could have up to eight Bloodthirsters in the Tyrant's formation. Yes, you take four. Yeah, so so it doesn't affect your drops, does it? Well, it affects your hero, so and so if you want to have like two slot priests and a banner. Oh right, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You can't because oh, you, yeah, no. you can only have the, six. So yeah, no, so when we changed it, we put four bloodthirsters and then we put the dark feast formation. I think wasn't it? So you yeah. have the banner or a slaughter priest, but you have yeah, to take the, the whip is guy. The stoker and the slaughter yeah, priest. You've got to take the whip guy, haven't you? Yeah, you do. So you don't get the um, blood secretor. 
Yeah. But I think I think you almost just bin off that formation, but then you lose an artifact. So it's like it's it's and you lose a command point. So you're like, uh, what? and you got to take the crown. Then you so it, it's those things that you um you tweak the list and it 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 suffers in areas and gains in others. So sounds like a proper juggling act. That's the great thing about the corn book. Is there's lots of viable tweaks you could do. You know. Yeah. Or maybe you just keep the keep the list as it is. You drop out the scar brand swap in the other bloodthirster and then you've just got some more points to maybe put some more chaff in because that's the problem i found is you don't have um, a lot of scoring bodies i know uh you didn't like the idea of it but you could put three of the teach disky combat or they shooting changed guys the cost of them didn't they so they've gone up oh have they yeah, yeah the they've gone up. but do you gain enough swapping scarbrand to accommodate for that or is it just about me? I just, I just uh, don't think you should be putting Zinch in the corner. Okay. Sorry, sorry Byron. I know you think it just right. doesn't. It sits wrong with. So the other thing that you can do, obviously, now is say that Martin's going to try and fiddle around with his list. Is you can put in the Untamed Beasts. Yeah, yeah. For this, which screen. obviously, yeah, they have the pre-game move, which is, I think, kind of a big deal right oh, now, great. isn't it? I think, I think to be honest, there's some Slaves to Darkness stuff that could really fit in really nicely. Um, yeah. You'd almost be tempted to take some of those slaves units. Um Bellico. Yeah. If he can go in and yeah. He's, he's solid. Stupid. He's amazing. Yeah, he he's he's in my latest Nurgle list. I think he's the best individual thing that's been in the game point for point. I was um photographing some of my Nurgle stuff earlier today and I was like, I really want to do a Rockbringer army. I really want to just paint that and, and get my Pascoils done and I'm like, I should just do it. It's good, Kings. it's good timing with the drowned men thing being announced on the Warhammer community site. Damn good looking models, such a nice yeah. looking army. Yeah, and the new um, Shadespire Warband looks immense. Oh, that's incredible! Two Blight King champions, and then like that female Sorcerer. sorceress yeah. looks. Oh, it looks incredible. I can't wait to paint that Warband. I'm yeah. definitely going to get that one. Oh, I'll be, I'll be getting that. I think it's pre-order coming out this week or next week actually. So I'll be I getting really one of like- them. I really like the um, the hunt of the uh, yeah the shade spire as well. Yeah, no, he looks he looks awesome. I think Otherwise, he's out up for pre order as well, or is he already out? He's either already out or he's up imminently, and he's they've got all his cards and everything up. I imagine he's he's soon. But I to be honest, like I actually really like the old hunter as well, the metal one. Uh, yeah, fine cast now, but fine cast now, just, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I really like the Noblars as well, the trappers. Yeah, they're just so cool. I'm like these. The, like it's such a nice war band. Um, I love the shades. They're cool, like little painting projects. But I always find I just never get round to them. It's a bit like my war cry. Yeah, it's just too much hobby, too much stuff coming. Um, but I just seen today they've just put the the Wrath of the book up on this website as well. Yeah. So that should that should uh, have some very interesting uh things in there for chaos players. Um, there's a whole load of new allegiances. They've put the contents page up. So you can yeah, see yeah you the, can see them all there. There's loads. Yeah, and you might you might recognise some of the uh, the names from uh, different previous books. You know things like you know the Magnificent Wonder, Cult of a Thousand Eye. I like I like the name, the Knights of the Empty Throne. Just so so cinematic. But there's some good stuff in there for match play. So obviously can't say anything. But um, yeah, that's so cool. It's, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some super solid. Um, uh, sort of chaos lists uh, coming out from the mix of that book, Slaves to Darkness. There are own independent battle tomes. We'll talk about this inch later on, but <laughs> so, um, so obviously that was like the team of it. I guess we just basically just say we had a really good time. I think um, 
or maybe just do like our favorite bit of the event and designing massive, the shirts. Yeah, but that, exactly what I think we're all going to say the same thing, right? Um, that was so much fun. So we uh, we had uh, I don't know who came up with the idea, but the, we basically ended up going to Sainsbury's and buying like some plain white t-shirts and a bag of sharpies, and we basically sat making our club shirts by drawing all over the, the t-shirts. And we got pretty artistic, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it was, was so much fun. It was great. Uh, and I was that's probably the highlight. It was just the fun we the, had. The social that we had as our little team was really good, though, because we had like the Airbnb where we were all together in a house. So yeah. it's just like we're all hanging out in a house together. If if people are doing a team event again, I'd highly recommend that because that was actually really good. Yeah, like all, I, I, yeah, works so well. Place. Super convenient. Get loads of people. Not bad price wise either. Yeah, I think it was um, it was super good just having the hangouts and going back to the Airbnb and getting takeaways and just chatting and shit. Um, I think I think we didn't really prep for the event. We didn't really do a lot well, of our, our prep was or... drawing on t-shirts. So yeah, <laughs> um, and some joke joke tweets and uh, WhatsApp mess. Uh, but basically, I think I think we we didn't go into the event. Um, taking it the super seriously, uh, we didn't. We kind of didn't. Didn't really get the team balance of lists right, so the matchups nah. process was difficult. Um, so I think takeaways for us was the hidden agendas. Um, we should have written lists which guarantee the agendas, because I found a lot of the rounds we were stood around with the agenda cards, going, "Who wants that?" And everyone's looking at each other, going, "Not really. Anyone? Any of these? To be yeah. honest." And we just got to the point where we're just like, "Well, you have that and that," and we we weren't really going. Well, I'll take that one because I always get that one. You take that one because I always get this. The only list really was Sorcerer Supreme that Les always took, basically. But everything else was a bit like, what mission am I in? So I think some yeah. scenarios dictate what agenda cards you should be given, and some lists dictate it. So if you've got, I think we would have been better off taking like Deepkin, potentially Flesh Eaters or Fire Slayers, like in in the mix. Mm-hmm. Deepkin would have been super super solid, I think, um, and yeah. uh, definitely giving them mind i think our uh, our final finish actually considering how difficult it was with our selection of lists um like admittedly uh, that's we chose them uh that's our fault going into it but i think our position was actually really good we were literally like yeah we did all right yeah like a win or two against one of the key teams away from being in a really good position we finished fifth, well, by the way i mean that, that was a dice roll off winning one of my games effectively it wasn't it wasn't a certain but it, it you know it, it could have easily gone that way yeah, and I had that, um, that could have changed it, so we'd have come second. My final, like, it, it was, it, it could have come down to that, you know. My final game against um, Pitchy with his Tinch was mega close. Um, either of the priorities in his little change would have been dead, and things would have then been on my term terms for like my game to lose at that point. Um, the same with game against Chris Myhill. I thought you could have won that as well if you, you played it slightly better luck. We think. Yeah, that was a that was a really close one as well. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of like my Arcanauts can go in the bin after their performance in my last two games. They were dreadful. <laughs> um, as well, now you can't have free sky. Right? Yeah, well, they. Um, I rolled uh, with five two turns in a row, and the first turn I rolled f- literally five twos straight. This was to hit Nagash, um, and he ended up on two wounds at three points in that game. And any of those points, if he'd been dead, then it would have been a very very different one, obviously, because he's Nagash and he's a big boy, but. Um, yeah, both my they were my two best games. They were really frustrating, but my opponents were gents. They were super, super close, and um, I learned the most in those ones, I think, as well. So I really enjoyed them. But when you're at a 
team event it feels really different you're not like oh cool i can learn from that for next time you're like oh i let my team down <laughs> um but yeah really like they were both amazing games and it was really nice to play both of them as well yeah, yeah my i think my best game of the weekend was probably against jack in the last round which i lost but i mean it, it could have gone differently you and probably pulled I, that one out of the bag yeah i mean i wouldn't have played like that in a singles event either if I'd have got into that matchup, I'd have tried to play super defensive. and But because we're in a team event, Tom just went, look, chuck it all in the middle and just see what happens. Like, you're probably going to lose, but just chuck it all in the middle. Like, you might get lucky. And that's exactly what happened. And I wouldn't have played like that in a singles event. But that's the way to that. The way I could have won that round was exactly how I played it. But I wouldn't, I would never have attempted that in a singles. Yeah, I think sometimes I've, I've seen you at, when you get drawn against like top players go into this like super defensive mode and it I don't think it it works I think in AOS particularly you're better off being being aggressive and making again I said it before is is uh, I think Tony mentioned it on priority role when he was talking about the seminar did at facehammer is make your opponent make more decisions so by doing what you did by star bursting out and claiming the objectives getting your hidden agenda straight away immediately you've already scored two points and Jack's then got to make more decisions about what he does, whereas if you bunker up, it's very easy to attack that. I mean, yeah. I, when I played the daughters player at ETC from Switzerland, who basically just put his army in a blob in the corner against my Sunesh, and I was like, well, I don't even have to think about this game. But he had a lot of answers to my to my locus. He had six-inch pylons. You know, he's got a lot of stuff he can do. He's got hero phase activations. And he just didn't use it, and he didn't play in a way that, he was ever going to win that game. He was only ever going to lose. So it's just like, it's almost pointless. You're just better off just playing balls out, thinking, well, this is how I've got a chance, and just play it and just see what happens. Playing to win yeah. versus playing to mitigate loss. And I mean, realistically, in an event, like it, if you're playing to mitigate your loss, you're not getting a minor win there. You're getting a, a minor loss at best, arguably, let's say. Like, the, probably if you're doing that, you, you're not going to be podding in any way, unless it's literally no. the final round and it's on it. So 90% of the time... It doesn't even matter, because they don't yeah. even recognise a minor loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's another, another point to make about. But um, yeah, like so often the right thing to do is just make it as, like, imagine you're your opponent and be like, what is going to make their lives as difficult as possible? Not because you hate them, but because you want to challenge them. And then that is the right decision. And that's that's when I know I've played a really good player. It's when I come out of it and I'm like, every single opportunity you had and you had two or more decisions, you picked the one that was the most irritating for me. Um, and they're the ones you should be picking, generally speaking. Mm, yeah. And I think, um, I, I mean, I had, a, I had a really good weekend. I had um, I got to play Luke um, and um, that was really good because I basically ended up um, in Knife to the Heart um, auto win in turn three without much of a game because he was so scared of the catapults and he just zoned his army out and he made a bit of a mistake and I just went in on turn the bottom of two then I won the priority for free and my cavalry went like 15 inches 15 inches plus two runs and just basically got to the objective um, yeah. and that was an auto win um, which is a bit disappointing because I know I know Luke was a bit was a bit gutted and he said he didn't play that well and it wasn't a game and it's a shame but at the same time I was pleased that I was able to to win that mission against Deepkin with um Yeah, without any actually, I was I did actually say to Tom when we talked about the matchups, I said, Oh, don't give me Deepkin because Mortal Wounds. But I played um um Sam Loving at uh, the Timescape Tyrants and he had like a horrendous matchup. Like literally he had like fifteen 
evocators doing the mortal wound blow-ups and you know just just like so much mortal wound output and i was just like oh my god gonna be bad and um he we it was a real slobber knocker and we ended up with not a lot left um and uh i actually went went back and i thought actually the amount of mortal wounds they chuck out and i still was in the game and i still could have won that um and the thing did i did win that game but it was we didn't get to finish it um, and we tried to talk through how it'd go, but there was just so many variables. I think we just said, well, we'll just call it as it is now. And I was up at that point in relocation. Or, um, <clears throat> but basically, um, I thought to myself, actually, Deepkin Mortal Wounds don't do anywhere near as much damage as that. Um, and I just said to Tom, yeah, I'll be all right, actually. Just give me Deepkin. It's fine. I can just zone off the board and they can charge me. And I've got enough stuff that uh, well, even if they hit one more tech guard unit, I've got another one. Even the five yeah. cavalry going in will probably kill a unit of eels. So um, I just, I was like, yeah, give it to me. And a knife to the heart's perfect scenario for my army because it can basically bunker up on the on the objective with one unit of more tech, the catapults and that, and then just push the more tech into the other with like catacross up the table into the other one. That's basically what I did. But yeah, um, that was fantastic. But probably my best game was against Craig Namvar with the Fire Slayers. And um, this game was amazing because it was focal point. Was using slayers. really sneaky tactics for the <laughs> Yeah, like one wound models. No, uh, to be honest, like, I always have a good games with Craig, and it's always, and he's he's that sort of player that whenever I play him, he hasn't played enough with the army, and he makes little mistakes or he forgets rules. And it, but it's always a really close game, so we always have a really good time. So it's good to good that I got to play him. Um, and he, <laughs> Jack had kind of told him, "I'll oh, do this, do that, set your." fire pipe guys up to go into the Mortec guard and he basically pushed his army up and I literally on turn one just launched my army into his army like full tilt and the having eight relentless discipline from having Xantos and Catacross and the uh, Mason so I had eight to start plus whatever I gained it just meant I could just chuck extra attacks reroll to wounds all the time reroll saves I had enough to keep me going and uh, I managed to use that resource and use my combats and get Xantos around the back Use the cursed steel to take out the minus one to wound banner guy, and I just got I just ground his army off. And by turn turn four, he basically didn't have an army left, and I I, I lost a lot. I mean, let, let's be honest, and it was it was a close run thing. Even like Mortec guarding it down to two models, coming back up to five, and then going back down again to one model, and then going back up to four, and you know, so it was it was a close run thing, but um, an absolutely fantastic game. I had a really really good game against Craig. That was that was it was really satisfying to play against a fire slayer army and actually think this is a game and it's not like I can't I can fight it and it is it is like engaging and there's lots going on. Normally when you play it it's like focal points they've blobbed onto the middle. That's basically game over. Yeah. So I'd really enjoyed that. Um but the event was cool, right? Yeah, no, the event was great. The social was great. It was uh you know, it was just cool to see everyone because I've not been at a tournament since like the the GT final in I think was it October? September? Yeah, something like that. Basically, it was in September, wasn't it? And you didn't it get was blood the glory, week. did you? No. First week of October, I think it was, the final. Yeah. So I've, I've not seen everyone in literally three months. <laughs> so it was just nice to hang out and see everyone again. And it was like there was a lot of people there as well. It was a big event. What, 120 oh, something players? More than that. I think it was like 20 something odd teams of six. I think it was like Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, it was 180 odd. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But the venue was. was banging because they had other stuff going on as well but it was so busy in there but it was yeah. it was awesome I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere yeah no it was good i was worried going into the event that i hadn't played in a long time everyone was going to be super super keen on the table 
and it was just going to be unenjoyable games, but it's actually fine. Yeah, and I think you said about or you hope you got like a love back for it. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like you enjoyed it? Um, sort of a bit, I guess. Like it, it makes me want to play more games, but it makes me want to play just more games, like and hang out and play games, not like competitive games. I'm not really that bothered at the moment. Um, I probably just need a couple more events, and it will just it will get me kick started again. Hopefully, this new um, Wrath of the Ever Chosen book. You know, breathes some life into some some Nurgle in some form. Or, or, I think you know. it's so easy. It's so easy to do both these days, though, because the standard of play in the UK is so high on average. Um, and also, I think the like the way that people play is just it's my favourite way. Like um, the the games on the tabletop are super clear, and people are really um, yeah. playing the right spirit. That you can you can rock up and you're you're pretty much guaranteed for four out of your five games to be a really high standard anyway um just in terms of like not any issues and playing a top local like over the other end of the table regardless not of whether it's mega competitive or otherwise yeah i think i think um that the scene's great and, and i haven't I, I was talking to dan about this the show i did with him um that i don't go to tournaments to like podium i'm not winning's not the most important thing for me. i like armies i like and i like to be competitive within the armies i like so i don't i take hard armies but i don't i don't go and chase the latest thing um and i was just saying that it was so happened that in eighth edition uh warriors of chaos was the army that i loved and i had and they became the powerhouse but they stayed there for ages because how slow it takes for books to cycle in the old edition whereas yeah aos is like kind of a like problem a now. crack isn't it i mean it's just yeah. I, it's crazy i I was out of the game for three months, effectively, and the game had changed so much. Like, you were like the army list, the, the meta. Armies? Yeah, it's just everything was, you know, you, you take two weeks off and, and seven books might have come out now. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Even, it's not even an exaggeration, is it? No. I mean, yeah, that's like, barely even hyperbolic. <laughs> you, you, um, could take, you could literally take a month off and there'd be, what, three, maybe three books in a month if you get, like, two at one end of the month and then one at the end of the month. That That's so much change. Well, I think Speaking pretty much change, the majority yeah. of releases are two books yeah. only. Um, I think what we'll do, just sort of say shout out to Chris Tomlin for the event. Always good to in. Um, obviously, there was some really good hobby on display. I know the Pro Painted guys covered all of that. Um, so check that out with them. And Rob Ellis helped with the, the marking. Stuff on that. Yeah, it was good. Uh, loved, loved all the games. Thanks to all the people that I played. I had a cracking game with all of you. Sorry if you don't get mentioned specifically, but it's just we're not trying to go into loads of detail on events because... It's a three-hour show then, and we want to talk about the the other stuff going on in the scene. And as Terry's kind of alluded to, we can't really do book reviews because they're coming out too quickly, <laughs> and that's all our podcast has turned into. And I think we all want to move away from that a little bit. We'll still talk about books and what they do, but uh, I don't want to do the in-depth reviews on the release day. It's just too much, really, to to keep on top yeah. of. Um, There's well, loads it, of Man Reads book online anyway, yeah. and, um, as well as yeah, uh, like exactly. on YouTube. So I mean, what came out with Skaven? Flesh Eaters, wasn't it? So yeah. we did the Flesh Eater book, and it was like, yeah, this is cool. That didn't take too long. And then you open the Skaven book, and you're like, there's 9,000 War Scrolls in there, <laughs> and artifacts. <laughs> That's the problem with things like Slaves, and um, to some extent, you know, obviously um the cities of sigma and things like that so i think we 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 will do reviews but there'll be a lot more focus like we have done recently where we don't go for everything we talk about the highlights and we we talk more about the the combos and the gaming uh elements you can do but because we talk about competitive warhammer 
you'll hear about these things naturally as they're used and as they come up. So that's probably a better way to do it. But I think yeah. um, just a quick one. Also post FAQ, because that can change such a lot, can't it? Like the people still haven't quite tweaked onto the fact that generally speaking, there's a there's a couple of weeks after a book comes out and then some things might change. Yeah, even though there's literally a flowchart on the community site, which has just got a facelift, actually. It's really cool. If, you, if yeah. you've seen that, that's really good. Um, but I'd say that uh, Tomlin's running an event in March um tommy burns uh so go to that it's amazing it's always amazing fish and chips are amazing uh so i'd say if you haven't got a ticket for that get a ticket i think he's got some left i think he had six left yeah um and speaking of events as well the best event of the year but yeah (laughs) it is if you're gonna make your cocktails yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think you have to get the blender out Although I think the amount of potions. Diesel uh, wrecked the bowling alley, so that's shut now. Yeah. I think he, he actually knocked the foundations out with a bin when he was drunk. I'm just making that. Amazing. No. <laughs> um, and I've, I've also, uh, South Coast GT, tickets go on sale uh, this Saturday. So uh, that's the 1st of February, uh, 8 o'clock. So we're hoping this year we get a resurgence and we can get back up to close to 200. Um, there's been a lot of interest, so I'd just say make sure you're there to not miss out. Uh, but we'd love to see you there. So if you want to know more about that, I've done a show with Dan. You can listen to that, the previous episode. That talks about that and a bit more rambly about our, our hobby journey in general, really. But hey-ho. Um, so what we'll do is I think we'll take a break and then we'll come back and then we'll talk a bit more about what we want to do this year. If we were going to start a new army, what would it be and why? And also uh, touch on the news from the events at the weekend and talk about the... Uh, the changes that have happened to the game, <laughs> or should I say, the change host that's happened to the game, yeah, um, yeah. in a little bit of detail and talk about some of the discussion that, that's been going on and back in the field. Face Hammer is sponsored by Element Games. So, for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And uh, we are back from the break. Um, so, <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, with you guys, uh, it's been a while since we've all been together uh, yeah. on the show. Um, it's 2020, uh, new decade. Uh, have you guys got any gaming projects hobby goals armies you want to be playing this year i mean is there a new army you could start what would it be why elves pointy elves pointy elves i really what did everyone think of the models i love we never really touched on it did they i think the spearmen and the i guess they're silver helm type things the knights the mounted cavalry dudes and the and the suit of armor are incredible Techless, I'm on the fence at the moment. I think he looks good, but I need to see him. I need to see a 360. I need to see like what the model like looks like properly. I think it still looks great, but I'm still not sold on it just yet. As a, I need that model kind of. You know, he's no great and clean one for me. It's, it's, it's weird because I much I, detail on it. I'm not as much down with the floaty armor guy's got. His armor's a bit like the Ideneth, and that makes me worried all about All of the elves. If you look at all it. their armor, they've all got, like, filigree in, like, detailed armor. He's, They're yeah. all very, very detailed. Um, I, I think, for me, like, as I posted that thing on Twitter, um, you know, I, I really like Teclas. Um, I think 
the it, I can understand why people don't like Teclas, um, and like I get why people are like, oh, he, he doesn't look like. Is it because his nineteen sixties progressive rock album hasn't been released yet? Yeah, I mean, he looks quite. It just looks I mean, like, I like it how, looks like the cover of a of a fantasy book written like yeah nineteen fifty, but. I, I, I kind of love it though because of that, and I, I get why people think he looks completely separate to Selenar, which is the 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 mate that he's got. Um, but like, I like how arrogant he looks. Uh, he looks like you know he, he you can see the harken back to the old model, um, and yeah, I, I like the sort of like the stone faced like part of the this weird sphinx lion owl thing that he's got. Um, you know, I, I just think for me, like the the range of models really tick the box. Uh, they get me excited uh, to do an Avrami because obviously with uh, with sort of like the the Six Nations and ETC, I imagine I'll be on on Fire Slayers and stuff. Um, it would be difficult, like you know, it it's going to be difficult for me to stick to that. But at least I get to do my hobby in the the back end with you know with the Ramlords, which would be cool. No, so, I mean for me, I. I really like the infantry and the cavalry. Um, yeah. I, I did a high off army back in 7th edition room. I met, this is the first army I won any prizes with. And I did um, Sea Guard and I cut um, little notches in all the shields so they could thread the spears through. Um, and, you know, I put pennants on the spears. And these guys have got like those like spear holding notches on, on their shields. And I just think as the infantry, they're just amazing. I love the cavalry. Yeah. The. The suit of armor is incredible. Um, that loot, the picture, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to see it. Um, the picture doesn't really do it justice <laughs> because it's uh, three-dimensionally amazing because it's actually all the armor, like the van braces and stuff, are hollow. Yeah. yeah. So it it's having a hollow helmet. So I've always liked the idea of having like a suit of armor with nothing inside it, like an animated suit of armor. And to see a model done to that level... It's just incredible. That is that is literally insane. That that yeah. Yeah. Uh, techless, I yeah. can take or leave it. I I honestly, for me, I'm not a big fan of the almost Oriental feel that he's got. He almost looks like he's not really in the same style as the other guys. I think it might just be the way his clothing and you know he's got a kind of almost like a sort of mid, like Chinese look to him. And you know maybe I'm I'm wrong, but it just looks a little bit like that. It might literally just be his trousers, but um, it's still incredible. Don't get me wrong, but for me, it just doesn't. It doesn't tickle me. I don't the mount thing. I'd rather. I, I think yeah, that mount is me. one Cole Franz on Deathcore head swap away from being baller. Yeah, and I think it's cool. See, look, it's not, I like for me the head. I, I really like the head. I know, like, I can understand why people don't, but I think for me, like, and no disrespect to the heavy metal guys because they're all like much better painters than 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 I would be. But like, I think for, for my realm Lords, I'll be going cream and purple, like kind of like your old, um, well, in fact, just like your old high off stuff that you did Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go like a snow Isle sort of like theme on the, on Selenar maybe and have it that way. Um, or a, uh, like a barn owl. So he's more like white underneath. And then that's sort of like that tawny brown on the back. So you don't, don't really see it. I think the brown sort of like, I think with a different paint job, it might it might look different. Obviously, it will look different because it's a different paint job. But you know, what I mean, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, they're cool. Um, they're not something I'll be doing. So, you, Terry, you you said that you. I kind I kind of want to like high elves for my first eighth edition army. Yeah. Before I was 
corrupted to the chaos side. Um, it'd be nice to do a really cool high elf like esque army again because for me they're the most high elf looking high elves I think they've ever done. Yeah, they're very similar to the Lord of the Ring War of the Ring style high elves with like the chain link armor, the big plumes, the shields. They look very elf elf if that makes sense. Like they look like proper high elves, even though they're not. I know they're something else, but they look that's what they look like to me, and that's kind of what I want to do with them. Um, otherwise, if not, I'll be doing ogres. I've got I've got some ideas for an ogre army, lower model count, so I can spend more time painting each model. Um, probably going to stick with Nurgle though as well, seeing as there might be some new life coming into them. Um, and there's a lot of stuff I want to do with Nurgle because now obviously you can slot in the slaves of dark stu- uh, slaves of darkness stuff. I, I think putting Bellacor into a mixed sort of Nurgle list with um, some of the pre-game move like units, maybe some of the Space Llama Cat things to give the Always Strikes last. There's, like, slaves fill a lot of the holes that the list has. I mean, the only one that doesn't fill is shooting, but Chaos, other than Zinch, doesn't really have shooting. Yeah, but you can't ally the Skaven in with Nurgle, can you? So you're kind of limited to Skull Cannons, which are, you know, they're, they're cool, but they're not, you know, they're not a big unit of Giselles or a unit of Storm Fiends with a, you know, or Warp Lightning Cannons. There's just so much cool shooting out there, but I just don't have access to it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just go Mixed Chaos. Just go go full Byron on it. Go just back mi- to Terry Pike, old school Wild West. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a list back there. Well, you've got, back got there somewhere. models. If it lets you pull more of them out of the cabinet and you're excited yeah. about it, then no reason why not. Yeah, maybe, maybe there is a paint a Nurgle Bloatbuster. You've used them enough. I could. <laughs> I'm upsetting people. <laughs> no, the Demon Prince comes back. Mm. It came back for about a week, again. didn't it? <laughs> for about yeah. two days. It's gone. Um, yeah. So what about you, Byron? You got any hobby stuff you really want to do or that's really exciting you? Um, I have played one game with the new um, Ogre Beast Claw book and playing with Stonehorns is pretty much the most fun in Warhammer. I am convinced. Mm-hmm. Um, like In terms of a low model count army that you can take and compete with. I don't think there is... Obviously, they, they count for more wounds on objectives, which is what allows them to be that viable. That doesn't mean you can cover the table as much as armies that can have 60 dudes or whatever. So they they are still behind able on that, but they can compete the most out of any like purely elite army I think I've ever seen um, without you feeling like, oh, God, like this list's cool, but it just isn't going to work out. And... They have very little to do, but what you do do, you have to do well, which I think is a really nice way to play with an army. And in terms of a uh, relaxing isn't the right word, but all of the activations happen when you think they should. Um, so like, oh, I need to do like, I want to make sure I make my charges. I'll use this, uh, I'll use a command point and pop this hero ability now. Or I'm in the combat phase. I want to fight at the top of my profile, even though I'm nearly dead, I'll pop this now. Um, or, or that type of stuff. Stuff happens when it feels like it should and I like how the book works. And if you want a few more bodies in there, you can add in some ogres or whatever. Um, I just think it's a, a really, in terms of gaming, it's a really funny army. And in terms of modeling, the models are great as well. I've always loved those. I've painted them in the past. Um, so, yeah, something something ogre but I am still having fun with Mixed Order. And I'm getting closer and closer to the point where I've got, like, eight different armies at 1,500 points. <laughs> so if yeah. anything gets released, like, let's... 
uh, I mean, KO were a, a particularly bad example, but if um, my Arcanauts hadn't been rendered less useful um, by recent changes, then I, I'd be like the most boring bit of the army, assembled, based, and um, at minimum base-coated to a decent standard. So all that's left is the fun stuff. So yeah. if anything tickles my fancy, I'm, I'm only a few hundred points away from doing that. Um, yeah, I think Beast Claw are just an amazing, amazing option. Um, the the list can do so much more than you think you could. Uh, it's not quite as techy as the Cornwall, I don't think, but a lot of things like the wounds each turn uh, ticking up and things like that. I just I think that that part of that book, the Ogres are great as well. I've not read it as much, but that part of that book I think feels it, it's one of the best examples of an army feeling how it should and not detracting away from its power on the table. Because sometimes they, oh, that's cool and it's thematic, but it just doesn't. Or that's cool and it's thematic, but it's too much. Like fake dice or whatever. Um, I think their line is just, I put it with the um, Bone Splitters book in terms of everything feels viable, everything is an option, um, nothing feels completely obscene, and I think it plays in the way it should. So, yeah. I think it's that with the, um, the Gloom Spike book, it kind of just didn't quite get there. It didn't quite get it right. And I think the, the War Clans and the uh, More Tribes books really just nail it. They just nail it. Like they're, they're good. I couldn't agree more. They're I think balanced. they're like perfect they examples. The feeling. I think they're, they're what Gloom Spite, if they, Gloom Spite came second, it what Gloom Spite could have been, you know, I think. Because, you know, you've got to remember that it's an organic process of learning and learning from lessons when stuff gets out in the wild. So I think. But I think the um, the Beast Claw is one of those armies I painted for Blood and Glory. I've still got it. I've basically got the list Tom took minus one Stonehorn, and I've got Hunters and you know Sabre Cats, and I've got like twelve Mournfang, and I'm like, oh, I could I could just finish these off, do a cauldron, highlight them because they're basically just table standard, and I've got an army I can play with, you know, and that's that's cool, right? That's, yeah, that's fun. Definitely, is. you're in the same position I am with a lot of the order stuff. Like, well. I am the um, like the fun fifty percent away from having a really good looking army that I'd really like to play. So yeah, well, just but, think um, turquoise yeah. elves as well, Byron. Pointy elves, um, painting turquoise. I agree with Russ about the infantry and the cavalry. I think they they appeal to me far more, and they would look badass. And I'm now faster at painting turquoise than I was. Um, I'd, I'd also like to do a really weird, like a properly funky, strange techless conversion. How big is that base? Is that, that's an Archeon base, I guess. Got no idea. It's it big. Looks, it looks, looks somewhat around there. He's climbing on the top of a castle on it, so it's got to be pretty substantial. Um, but yeah, Convert him so he's riding that mount instead. <laughs> they are um, they are somewhat appealing. I do love having things with wings everywhere. I'm presuming though, after I don't know how allies or anything like that will work. I was going to say I'm presuming after OBR they'll work like that. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, it would make it easier if I could pop in some stuff that I already had because anything that I do for that army that looks that good, I'd like to do a solid job of painting, but that's going to take a while. just replace Teclas with a wolf riding a bigger wolf. <laughs> Let's do it. Wolf <laughs> Floating next to a wolf. Amazing. amazing. Could you do like a, a, like a triangle of wolves on a motorbike? I definitely could, and then I could put it around Terry's blood there and it couldn't move. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it does look really nice. Uh, out of interest, I now own, uh, I think it's 42 painted Fenrisian wolves, just in case. 42, wow. Spread across three armies, because they're my dire wolves, they're my cavalry mount, and they're now on my um, 
uh, scourge runner bases. So cool. that kit has had multiple uses, none of which have been remotely 40k related. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Les? Uh, wow. Um, I kind of want to get the Finish the Slaves of Darkness army. Um, Rob Bellis, uh, not Rob Bellis, that's a guy I work with. Rob Ellis helped me out uh, massively with, because obviously I lost parts of Archeon, didn't I? Oh, uh, right, yeah. Yeah, I lost the horns from Archeon, so Rob Ellis to the rescue um, brought me the bits that I managed to throw out like an idiot. Um, never, ever, ever have a hobby room purge without making sure you've got everything you need off screw, guys. Um, so, yeah, so he's helped me with that. So I've got quite a lot of that Slaves Army to paint still. And um, it's, What's the it's not going to be very competitive. Is it a properly uh, elite army or is it a bit more mixed? Uh, relatively like elite, I suppose. So it's uh, ten chosen, ten warriors, five knights, two units of uh, untamed beasts, then uh, a hero. Uh, sorry, a warrior, chaos uh, lord, uh, sorcerer lord, archeon, uh, and a war shrine. Um, so it's quite a lot still to paint because I've only really done five warriors, the chosen, uh, the sorcerer lord. Uh, and then the base coats on um, the Chaos Knights. So there's still quite a lot to do. Um, the, I'd like to try and get it done by Safe Coast because I'd like to bring it to there because obviously, like, you know, Safe Coast is a painting event that I, I've never liked. I've, I've only ever come second to Safe Coast. So it's nice to be in the mix for that again because I've not had a nice army for a while. Um, I think the problem I'm going to have is that it's getting the motivation up to paint the army properly um, and commit. To, to doing a, a good job on it because when you it's it's very it's very time consuming and quite sort of like not soul destroying that's the wrong word but like like time very time consuming to to paint to that standard i think like the chaos knights are, i was doing two at a time and i was like you know a whole weekend and i hadn't finished them uh you know two nights um it, it, it's just a big a big ask and like realistically sounds like my old approach to my original order and i can really advise not starting down that road yeah it's it's kind of like i I need to be doing it now like i need to be putting in a couple of hours a night um and and painting it now to just get on top of it and and sort of like see what i can do the the only issue i've got is that like i've just lost lost the the momentum and to, to, well, and like the enjoyment of painting like i always find like i'm really keen to paint at the wrong times so like yeah. naturally when i'm at work i'm like oh yeah this would be really cool to like spend a couple of hours painting now then like by the time i've, I've got home or i've been to the gym or i've done some stuff like it's nine o'clock at night and i'm trying to um trying to get sort of like uh, excited for painting and, and i just can't do it especially sort of like in the evenings with like early starts and stuff so yeah i need to maybe knuckle down and do that and, and hopefully finish the, the slaves army it'd be nice to get it done seems you know i've got it there um other than that i'm very very excited for the the point elves um you know being see, seeing the models and stuff it, they just really tickle my fancy um so so yeah i'm sort of like i've got a couple of uh a couple of bits from my mum and dad's uh, sort of like some old plastic high elves from island of blood i'm gonna sort of like get a rough idea of what i'm gonna do paint scheme wise um what i'm probably gonna do with them is because i'd like to have them as a gaming army is kind of like just get them table standard and then play them and then have the ability to go back and then bring them back up to a different standard if i want to um later on um because about building on a load of bases beforehand 
I have, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, but you know, I don't want to, don't want to uh, get my playtester advantage card coming out too early on <laughs> by having a load of bases and stuff like that ready because I obviously I know what size the bases are and everything. Oh, if you don't uh, use them for that army, you're using them for something else. It's like Terry yeah. can uh, attest to it, I'm sure. But having a box full of assembled yeah. bases is like a gift in certain situations. Yeah, every yeah, time I go and make tentacle bases, make ten more extra. Just why not? Then you've got them for next time, haven't you? Yeah, and like I probably should be doing that. I, I just need to to essentially um, <laughs> focus on what uh, you know what I'm going to do uh, going forward. Obviously, I'm I'm having a big hobby clear out as well. I'm trying to clear down some of the the stuff that I'm not using just because I, you know, it's just taking up space. And when you've got unfinished projects and other stuff lying around, it, it can be quite demotivating. And I'm sure we've all been there when you've got a, a horde of assembled models in front of you or that you need to paint. And you, the last thing you want to do is, is do it. Um, so yeah, just I'm go trying back to... two weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's I, just, uh... <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to, yeah, just get to that point where like, I'm just want to be in a, a really, this year, I want to be in a really good place with my hobby motivation. So by that, I mean, I don't want anything in my hobby room is being used or it's, you know, out of sight because, you know, I'm sure we, we've, like, everyone's been there, right? You just get to that point and you're like, oh, the mountain of boxes that are unopened, like, you know, spent all this money and you, you there's no, like, you've not done anything with it. And yeah, that's, that's kind the of... Bloat, intimidation. Yeah, I think it's that is exactly the right word accelerated with the speed of releases though yeah like i find it so difficult to because I, I love everything they're doing and i just want to do it be a part of it and i want to do it and i'm like I, I just it's physically impossible do you know what i mean so, unless you do it in every single army that comes out you do it in the fastest way possible in the least models possible and you carefully pick models that don't like aren't like yeah. time sinks and like, you're just constantly doing a bit of hobby every day and yeah you just churn your way through it yeah it's and that's that's kind of where I am. So essentially, finish the slaves army if I can get motivated, um, get a um, a pointy off army on the table and, and play some games with it, and then like essentially downsize all of my shit that that which I've got. Like you know, I've not played that deep can army since Six Nations last year. You know, I've only took that layer Stormcast army that that I'm trying to like, sell. I've only played one event with it. Um, you know, I painted it for that event um you know and just try and get rid of all of the stuff that i'm not using or i'm not likely to use um so that so that i can then focus you know and be and have a, a strong sort of base instead of having like multiple and open boxes of stuff that i'm not doing anything with yeah i, I think um i think that's a good approach i've i've been in a really upbeat hobby place um i think it was really cool like the weekend away invigorated me and i also i really got a real sense of achievement getting those bone reapers on on the table and that quickly and and i quite like how they are and i do want to go back and up them um there's other units i want to paint for that army uh of a list i want to run i think that's going to keep me gaming wise entertained for a while um i really want to do that iron jaws army um i've got my Kradron army that i want to go over and and bring up to finished and and do the new character uh, and maybe add an extra boat. Um, then I'd like to bring the Beast Claws up, because I've got loads of projects which are like, they're AOS projects, but they're now out of date, and they only yeah. need... I got to this position in 8th edition where I only had to add a couple units and give them a refresh, and then they were a gaming army. 
but I think for me it's almost like completion and it's I think it's quite cathartic to go over these things that weren't quite finished off and or keep that just in case and then just either sell it or bring it up to a, a standard where you can play with it maybe take it to one event and then sell it or put it away um but I'm yeah I'm quite motivated and I, I actually uh I've got a bit of a cold as you can probably tell um so I've I've been um I've been looking at some of the models I bought like single models so I bought like um a Tor Garadon uh, and a Mephiston and a couple of other characters so I'm, I've started building him today so I'm going to do a bit of painting I'm just but I'm going to do some painting for painting not for a gaming army not to be quick uh, because my bone reaper army I can play with that for 6 months and I'll be happy that's that's going to keep me entertained gaming wise and keep me competitive where I want to be um so in short, if I could have an army that right ready today that I could play with, it would be an Iron Jaws army, I think. Uh, but Bone Reapers are are fantastic. I love them. I love everything about them. They play to my strengths. Uh, I like the models. I've got a quick and easy scheme to add to it, so they're going to become my staple, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's it's just looking at what else can I do. I do definitely want to play a tournament with the new Cradron because I, I absolutely love that book. So. I need to get that on the table. Maybe but, take it to Brotherhood. You never know. Not Brotherhood. The um, uh, Tommy Burns. Yeah, maybe. I, I've I've got. I want to get it to. Where would you put their level standard. out of interest for us? Are they? Uh, is that book for you? Do you think it goes with the Bone Splitters and the um, Iron Jaws and stuff like that? Or um, I think I I think by the nature of the army, it will never feel like that because you don't have the you don't have the combat range to the army if that makes sense when i mean range like units that fight and, and like you've yeah, actually yeah, got quite a limited range of models <laughs> but i think the book is very good um like and it is way more entertaining to play with and against and i think there's the way the fly high and the wound mechanics work you there are a lot of times when doing the extra wound on a ship is important so i think they're quite cool um honestly i haven't played any games with it and i haven't delved into it but i think that's part of the fun for me because it is a little bit of an unknown. Um, so I almost don't want to play with it until I've painted it up because if I do play with it and I, I'm not like that happy with it, then at least I've still got the army up to a certain level. Um, mm. Just my two cents really. But really this year I'm going to have to do a bit of consolidating and a little bit of um, uh, downsizing as well purely because I'm going to make some changes to my house and that and I need the space. But um, I think there's so much I could do uh, and I'd like to even like I've got like um, the Pascal Blight Lords uh, in a box from when when they come out. I'd quite like to yeah. paint them. I've got a I've got a, a um, another Maggot Lord. I'd quite like to paint another one. I quite enjoyed painting those. I've got an Exalted Great and Demon of Nurgle. I'd quite like to get that painted. Just nice to finish those things off. Add to my Nurgle. Bring my de- my Plague Bearers up to another level. Repaint my drones. Um, just to get up to a higher standard, really. Uh, just just because. And I'd like to play with the Nurgle again. I but there's there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot I'd like to do. It's just physically, if I count the number of tournaments or games I'm going to play and divide it about across all the stuff I want to play, I'll be playing one game of each army. So I think I just need to be a little bit more uh, concise on what I'm doing. Yeah. If you, um, I mean, it's if you cleared up cabinet space. Sorry, Les. Or are you going to get a cabinet to give you motivation to like um, display your sexy brought up to another level stuff? What have you done with that? Um. My cabinets are full, so I've got twelve cabinet shelves, and they've all got armies on, painted, fully painted armies. So I'm, I need, I've, I've, I'm starting to have to leave stuff in really useful boxes. 
So I need to basically say, right, let's get rid of that. Let's, uh, you know, let's keep that. Some armies I keep for nostalgia. So I, my black, my black warriors on the square bases, they're in a cabinet. They're just there, and they, I'm not going to do anything with those. They're going to stay there. Uh, my Nurgle's in the cabinet. I want to. That's AOS. Want to do something to that? I've got my High Elf army that I did. That's in the cabinet. That'll stay there for nostalgia. I got my Tomb King army. Um, that I took to the Masters and I won the Masters with. That'll stay as it. Um, you know, got all my Death, my Flesh Eaters, my Cradron, just like my Bone Reapers, my Corn, uh, just stacks and stacks of stuff really. So it's just what I want to play with at the time. Um, so. I think uh, it's even like my mixed death and my night haunt. I've got loads of that, and it's like when when I play night haunt, uh, I'll probably just wait. We'll keep I'll keep them because you know when the when another battle tome comes out, you just go, oh, all right, well they'll get a refresh. They'll be they'll be new. Do a couple extra models, or the army list will change dynamically. Just like your KO. Yeah, and I think that was the position I was in in between seventh and eighth when a new book got redone. I almost had a foundation of an army to work on. It's a good place to be. Yeah. <clears throat> I definitely want to do the Iron Jaws, though. That that's not a project I wanted to do when they first come out, and I've so that's going to be my um, that's going to be the thing I'm going to work on. So I think it's uh, play the OBR, do extra OBRs for gaming as and when required, get the Cradron painted up so they're up to a a, a level, and then um, then do the Iron Jaws project. I think and that's probably my year to be honest, because it, let's be realistic, three or four months each each project's probably a realistic timeline with real yeah. life. Um, yeah definitely so yeah um, it's and plus with all the events and stuff so i mean like you guys are going to tomorrow burns uh, and i'm not um i think like i mean i don't know Byron, you're not guy but you and terry are going aren't you rest to tomorrow burns yeah i want uh, my um my transport's dropped out though so i'm I'm struggling now so i'm gonna have to look at that yeah. so um, yeah. i'm gonna have to see what i but uh, yeah i want to go so i have to look at train times i don't really want to I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I think I'm going to Belgium and then like, like maybe the next one's uh, South Coast and then that'll probably be, uh, then it'll be Six Nations and then ETC, I imagine, for me. Yeah, I've got I've got tickets to go up to the Dave Soper Payton weekend with Terry, so yeah. should be up at Element. Um, there's the um, team event that we've got a ticket for. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, I forgot about the team event, that'd be good. <laughs> I've got a ticket yeah, for you too. Mm-hmm. I had to drop out of the heat of the weekend just gone because um, my dad's come out of hospital, so I just had to be around. It's uh, but yeah, so basically, um, I I just didn't go. Luckily, really, because I wasn't very well. Didn't have a zinch army, so uh, so <laughs> that'd been no fun for anyone. No, exactly. Yeah. Sweet segue, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. So yeah. So I think I think there's that all of us now. Terry, did you talk about your hobby? You did, didn't you? Terry ran off to the gym. Uh, yeah, Terry's oh, he got to go running. Yeah, he's uh, he got to get his yeah. sweet gains. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, Terry Terry Pike chest day every day. <laughs> Vanity day. Yeah, chest and arms. That's but that's that's arms doing it. Vanity day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no fair play. I mean, it was good, it's good to catch up with Terry. I, I've been. Um, yeah. I, I think I think we could. Um, I mean, hobby. It's always weird setting goals for the year because you you say I oh, do this 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 and things change and that. And I I think one of the things I'm going to do this year and um, is just enjoy what I'm doing. If I'm not enjoying it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And don't yeah. feel guilty about not doing it. It's like it should be fun, right? Totally. Um, Liam Cook actually That's said to me, fun. like, about yeah. how, yeah, he said, like, how I should approach things. Cause I was always, I always had that, that the guilt of not doing hobby. Um, and Liam's like, just like, do what, it's like, it's meant to be a hobby. So, like, when you're, you're excited about doing it, then, then do it. So, I think, like, just removing blockers. And pick things you're excited about, like stage one and yeah. stage two. 
yeah so it's like regardless of you know for me like again which is something that i kind of think kind of happens with everyone when or if you make it onto the the england team is that your primary focus gaming wise so like i don't care about any events this year all i care about is like there's two tournaments this year that matter which is six nations and etc and that's like my entire focus um and then I might do some more tournaments at the end of the year for, for more fun. But from now until like August, it's just a case of that ETC Six Nations prep for, for me, which is why just I'm practice you know, from, from now. Yeah, it's just so it's not even like again, it is quite I'm quite handy with regards to the people I can get and play, um, and then make sure that I'm up to up to speed with, with the armies. But but yeah, it's uh, you know for me at the moment it's trying to do that i also completely like missed glossed over the fact that i might be going to uh, the states to midwest mount thing uh, to to, to domus's event which would be quite cool um if uh, you know if i can make it work which should be should be fun so but that's going to be a stressful week because i'll be out there doing a prep and then come back yeah. and then i'm back home for like five days and then we go to luxembourg i was gonna say it's around the same time isn't it, you yeah so yeah so it's all like i think four or five days in between I think I've got a um I've got a two week holiday to Hungary to slot that in either side of Luxembourg. Um yeah. so I'll be away for like three weeks. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean to be honest, like I, I know what you're saying, like the ETC takes a massive toll. because um, your hobby almost it's not I don't say use word dictates the wrong word, but you, yeah. you, you end up doing things that you wouldn't it's that the don't give you of, any it's like the end goal of your hobby for yeah. that period. Well they don't give you any it's not what you want to be doing for the, your own personal singles event a lot of the time. And a lot of the time you're doing it because that's the thing that you need to do for the team. And that that's motivating because you've obviously, it's motivating to get ready for that, but it's also frustrating. Uh, and it can make the, um, the process seem a little bit like a chore. So it's trying to, to balance that is, is important. I think, uh, you know, it's something that whenever I sign up to the ETC, I always dread the build up, but love it when I'm out there. That is probably the best, uh, the the best sort of like description of the ETC, really, isn't it? As in, when you're there, it's all worth it. It's just the the concessions and the things that you have to make before you get there, which is uh, which is always the difficult bit, um, you know. So, but yeah, I'm like that, you know, like like all of us, like you know, Byron. Even though you're not on the team, you're out, you're out there as the water boy. So yeah. it's it's kind of it's it, it's took you know already it's like what it's february we have to start start thinking about mm-hmm. thinking about and then my my event is, uh, armies is basically i'll choose to play something that i want to if and only if there's not something that needs testing so if me and tom have sleuthed up something that we think might be a good option for the team and i can borrow it or get it done in time then that will be the army that i take yeah. to events yeah. yeah i just i think for me like, i just feel mentally pumped for the hobby and gaming and i just i don't know what it is just i think it's does that mean you're gonna have like 500 reps under your belt with an army and just go into it guns blazing scary as fuck potentially sweet i mean (laughs) i haven't gone into an event practice with a list for a long time so uh i'm i think my obr might be my staple might start to get uh, and and i and and you know probably a good segue i do hope that that some of the stuff changes with the book that people are finding but negative petrifix in itself i almost make a point of not taking petrifix because i just don't although it's very good I almost want to play the other legions. You don't really need to learn it. It's like the other stuff, but a bit harder. So it's not like if you get reps in with the other stuff, you'll get more learning in. And then yeah. if at some point you want to be like, cool, like I'm bringing out my like my big boys, then you can just make that change 
say you've done it and you'll have you'll yeah. have learned more about the book for having not yeah there's a crematorium list i really want to run and there's a stanet lord list i really want to run um i i, I think even Noel myriad is super interesting in the team and it causes a nightmare for armies that rely on magic to do damage it's good for that i think but it's still it's not enough of a handicap that it means you're not good against other things it's just it just makes it a in the team matchup i think it does a lot to the matter to the actual prep matchup process sounds yeah. a bit like um a slightly more powerful version of conway can be anti-magic and it just takes like two tweaks that don't really they aren't not to the detriment of the army as a whole but it just makes you way more resilient against x or y but on a stronger army just like a base point and I think a lot of people might go, oh, I, I can play that because I haven't got any wizards, but actually it's still a bonely pro. I mean, it's still good. One yeah, of the things right. I like about the Noel Myriad is the artifact that you have to take, which is the um, the blade, which you don't get any saves of any kind against the attacks. That's really cool. So you it's always like, nice when you don't feel like you're, you're taking a concession item as well. No, exactly. And and it's like you're using the blade on like a Liege Cavalos and him going in and you just go in, well, you don't get any after saves, any armor saves nothing he he rinses more tech up like absolutely rinses them and and like he's he just he's like a knife through butter it really is um that's uh, a so, really interesting meta choice isn't it it's this little it's like i use the shard but for a load of things that you wouldn't have an answer for and he's a little dark yeah i think it's i think it's cool uh, there was a lot of good stuff in that but the stanet lords as well deals a little bit with the um change host problem where you because you can retreat and charge so you and you naturally have a lot of cavalry anyway so you don't don't have this big horde that just gets mowed down that gets pinned by horrors definitely a lot of stuff in the book um so i mean from a gaming point of view the obr really they, there's a lot for me to explore in that book so and i haven't even talked about nagash and then like you know there's there's so much i i can't see myself getting bored with it they'll be my staple for no. a while i think i Though think I, the um sorry uh, i think the, the nagash list is I think that is slightly problematically like there's so many armies in an event where you could imagine it just walking just like I mean, in uh, Petrifix Elite for sure, yeah. Yeah, um, just like literally sure. like I turned up, I exist, I am the new fire slayers, I am more flexible, I can spend these points to make myself more resilient, more hitty, whatever, and I'm just gonna slowly walk across the table. FYI I'm not doing it that slowly because I can spend them to move faster, charge further. And I'm just going to, like, mow you down. <laughs> and then there's Nagash. Those guys on foot walking over, It's they they walk over way faster than you'd think. And then suddenly they're charging further um, as well. And you're like, uh, like, they're hitting me. And now they're twice as resilient as I thought they were going to be. Um, and they're not having to be around heroes um, to have that stuff. It's just yeah. it's I think nuts. one of the things that the, the reason that that plus one is there is you can't re-roll charges and you can't make six, run sixes. So it it's um it's useful to have that on there. Super good, don't get me wrong, but you can't re-roll your charges if you fail and stuff. You know? Yeah, that does make and sense. It, and you can't roll, oh, I need a six to run here on that objective, I'll just burn a command point, because you don't have those ones. So oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it um, makes sense. But it's um when stuff's coming at you at that speed, you're just like, oh, I don't plan for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cavalry oh, are super scary. They're really yeah. fast. <laughs> I, right. I was really shocked how quickly I got them across the board, you know, being in movement 15, and then... Then running, I mean, in Stalit Lords, running and then charging, it's just, it's crazy. It's just so good. Yeah, I'm super, super impressed with uh, Death Rite. Uh, they don't do as much damage as the Mortec from an efficiency point of view, but what they make up for in speed and and, and that is is kind of worth it, I think. But, it's just being able to play stuff where you want it. Like that's that's always been important in Warhammer, and it's always hard to look at a scroll and read that. Like, that. that's yeah. what you can just... Uh, 
even though they do it. Um, just like looking at Shadow Warriors and like, oh, they're super strong. Like, no, their their stats read strong on a table. They this actually happens or this actually happens. And with that cav, you've got a relatively slow moving army that can pick out some elite threats with catapults or whatever. But what do you do if you need to get in there and tie someone up on turn one or two reliably? You don't have an option. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the catapults are a weird one because I took two and. They're either like amazing or they don't do anything. I think in a couple of games they they didn't do a lot, and I'm like that's 400 points. Um, but they make your opponent just like panic, like like literally the sheer like oh my god, I can't let that, I can't leave that alone. I've got to get in combat with it, and they do start doing weird things to try and like counter your catapults. Um, you also so, can't kill them with chaff, really, can you? No, but what you, what the the real thing is to is to charge them with something that isn't going to die in combat that they ha- can't shoot because they're too close and they can't shoot anything else because they're in combat. Um, but that's difficult to do when it's behind Mortec Guard and you know um, all the rest of it. And if you've got two, what I found useful is if they pin one, the other one can shoot the guys off around it, then what that one can shoot. So um, oh, of course, because the likelihood of one being left alive is quite low some of the time. Yeah, and also if they've done damage to it, it makes your curse deal shot better. When I played Lovo, it was like I'll just kill that Castellan, and he was like, "Don't you have to roll?" And I was like, "Well, he's got well, not Castellan, it was the a five wound hero. I mean, which one it was? Maybe the Relator." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, you've got five wounds. I've got plus three to my roll. So even if I roll a double one, you're dead." So, uh, so I, I rolled an eight anyway, but I was just like, "Well, he's dead." So I don't even have to roll the dice really. So it's like I had taken eleven wounds on that catapult though, so it's a bit lucky to still be alive. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's they, they just they just answer so many questions that a traditional death army can't answer. So they're unique yeah. as well, right? They're the only like anything that is the only yeah. thing in the game that does what it does is special because of that. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think I think I could run OBR without them, but I, I think even. I think one is is still probably enough of a threat. I think to 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 actually warrant having one, and they're quite nice to sit on objective anyway. You know, just just garden objective because though it's only one model, it's still a model. I don't know. Anyway, sort of tangenting off a little bit. Um, so, so what what beats them? <laughs> well, change host apparently. Uh, so <laughs> um, so I mean, we'll talk about it because it's it's been a pretty big hot topic, and I know me and Dan touched on it. Um, so there's been a lot of um, a lot of stuff on online and a lot of people talking about Zinch and at the heat. I think they won two three and um, I think they did did well at CanCon and um, Elvio. I don't know if they were using a new book. Um, there's been quite a lot of uh, chatter around the change host being extremely powerful um, <coughs> and um, and the sort of the negative play experience. Um, so I think it is quite an interesting um, sort of exchange online about that. I think uh, I don't know. I think it's um, yeah. We were talking about that. I was talking about this with Dan, where you get the the curve of success, where you get this spike at the beginning of a book release where it's new and people don't know about it and they haven't written list to deal with it and they they haven't played against it. Don't even it. know how to play against it. Never mind you, writing a list of counters. You win games purely on people's inexperience. Yeah, you do. And um, combine that with power, like having flexibility or power to or a plan you can execute. I think it's a bit like the Hallow Heart thing. So the the change host basically fundamentally there's there's two different variants, but the way it's working is they're teleporting this twenty unit of horrors <coughs> nine away, putting the flamers can move up behind them because I think they nine inches and shoot eighteen, or you can I think you yeah, teleport two units. Um, yeah, the chicken's quick. Then you can like you can take the com- host conflagration, which gives you rend on the flamers, 
and rend two of a command point on the Exalted Flamers. It's a one-drop army, so you basically drop your army, you go first, you teleport your Flamers nine or uh, your Horrors nine away, you run your army up behind it, one of the Flamer units is nine away, you shoot all the rest of it, then you go Destiny Dice, charge the Horrors into their army and pin them in place. And the way the Horror, the Destiny Dice with Battleshock works and the Horror Replenishment, it's 100 wounds, but you'll never get any Battleshock on them because you can kill, although you kill the Pinks, they split to two Blues and they split to Brims. But the problem is, is that if you use a Destiny Dice for a Battleshock test, it's unmodified. So they're, they're sort of saying, oh, you don't take the casualties off the Battleshock. So even if you kill 50 of them, you go and you use a three for the Battleshock, you still don't lose any because it's unmodified. Yeah. And that's what people are saying. Now, obviously, I think when we when we were testing it, the idea is the pinks had to be killed first so they wouldn't have a banner. Therefore, you couldn't one the Battleshock and like ignore the modifiers because there wasn't a banner. But because of the way the Destiny dice changed, they, they're unmodified. You can't be modified, so then that, that gets around it. So I think it's a... It's kind of caused a little bit of an issue um, with that unit being too good to tar pit. And with Zinch, obviously, the Flamers, although they, they, they're quite easy to kill, like even when I watched Steve play on the stream and he shot his catapult, so he just destiny diced off the saves because they've still got like a five up, four up save. So you just go, oh, that's the save. So then that five damage does nothing. And then, oh, it's my go, I shoot you. And you just literally just hosed his army to bits. Um, so I think it's uh, it's a very strong army that a lot of people hadn't planned to deal with so they hadn't people weren't thinking what if i play change host what if i do this how am i going to play this so i think that's compounded the issue a little bit um but i do i do find it funny because it's it's i know the sky seems like it's falling but it's it's like the the game is very fluid and very fast moving and they they are addressing things i mean i i played me and dan were talking about this with the south coast we we remember days when tos had to write their own rules to make the game balanced enough to be fun at a competitive level like it, it and and when i say balanced that's a loose term but but you know we you had to you had to intervene because of the there wasn't that response from gw and there wasn't that quickness to the updates stuff if it was bent, it was bent for <laughs> and it needed addressing it could be bent for like 18 months um no, more than that like eight yeah. years like between books like the demon book with when that come out I think it was like f- f- uh, two cycles of GTs that they, they were all over the top all the time. Demons, Dark Elves, Vampires. It was like the trio of evil in 7th edition. They just never, ever got addressed until 8th edition and they got a new book. And you're like, that was like four or five years between the two. And you're like, well, in AOS, you're getting new books within 12, 12 to 18 months. You're getting General's Handbook. You're getting FAQs. You're getting updates. So I think as well, being an older player, I'm a bit more... Uh, I'm a bit more appreciative of 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 the new the new style and i think there's a lot of people that want things immediately to be perfect and be fixed straight away and it's like sometimes it's good to take stock and 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 say like let's see how this goes let's see how it plays out let's see what happens because the bigger the sample size and the bigger the you know that what's going on the the better you can address it i think it's probably what i'm saying that makes sense i mean it's not a digital game it's not a computer game where you're like but you'll just change that they keep bought printed books or whatever, and um, they've got something that exists in the way that it exists. And there is also the the fact that if something is a certain way, maybe that was intended, and there's going to be um, that's going to uh, 
bring more diversity to the scene. Let's say like the scene is underpowered for shooting currently or whatever that is. Okay, that's that's now not the case in an extreme fashion, but shooting hasn't been anywhere. Like the reason I've been able to get away with bringing piss weak bulk throwing chariots and canary and stuff like that is because people are not used to countering shooting. They just don't care about it. Now shooting has landed um, and it is a good counter to X and Y, let's say fire slayers and OBR who are extremely strong. Um, it, it allows an evolution in a different way that isn't just changing the thing that came out and its fundamental rules. It's having a counter to it. Yeah. And I think it's a fine balance between it being a good changed effect on the matter and it having a too big an impact and um it's very difficult to gauge and i think i know i haven't talked too much about the the process but you know at the end of the day when you're you've got things books you don't want a book coming out and it being like oh this isn't very good and it doesn't really doesn't really compete and no one really wants to play it it's like well it needs to it needs to have a it needs to be exciting. It needs to be fun to play with. Do you know what I mean? It needs to have. It has to be an edge. If it doesn't yeah. have an edge, you just brought out a, a vanilla thing. And I mean, arguably, you could say that from a competitive standpoint, um, a few books have come out like that. And were they ten percent harder? Corn, uh, um, Gleam Spike, Silverness, for example. Silverness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Were, were they up ten, fifteen percent in overall power level, or were the weaker options raised? Um, or, or whatever it is you would do to bring them up as a whole, the book. Um, th- there would have been way more of them around, more diversity, more fun, and more of a reason to collect more different things, which is ultimately what, what the goal should be. Mm. I think there are books that get it right and books that get it slightly wrong, and but the balances get addressed. I mean, I, I still see Deepkin, with, from where it's internal balance issues and things, because of the nature of the book and where we were with it, it's still a book you see now doing well. You know, and it's it's been out a while, you know. Daughters of Cain, another example, you know. So I think there are books out there that stay relevant. Um, even Corn, you know, things like that. I think they are still competitive, but they've just not got that that like over the top edge that some stuff does have. Um I think it's compounded as well by people who um like they they chase the new, they chase the new stuff. So it, it kind of makes that more of a thing that people are cycling a lot more. Yeah, I think so. The amount of releases, it's kind of, it's going to happen, isn't it? Like, it's, there are so many a year now, there's so many opportunities to jump on it. But I think anyway, um, it, I don't think it's as bad as, as people make out, you know. I think it's easy to get disheartened about these things, but I just hope it doesn't put people off from match play and things, because it. I think it's still in a good place, the game, you mm-hmm. know. I think there well, are I mean, a lot of other systems that have bigger issues than aos does you know straight away there's a couple of counters as well like if you can take troops that have a vanguard move before the game starts you can switch so much of that stuff off um if if you can make enough range between uh your frontliner troops and the stuff you want to protect so they can't shoot you and their range isn't massive they're gonna be able to do some damage with spells and things but it's not a, an all singing all dancing everything arrives and nukes the world in exactly yeah. the same way uh, you can also take an army that doesn't rely on key pieces as much. Like, yeah. don't think um, uh, like hard boys might not care about that as much, um, or things that can just wipe out anything in return. Um, stuff that starts off the table, that type of thing. I think one of the the benefits of what we do and in the, the game we play is that it's fluid and it changes so much. I, I mean, for me, that's the, the the joy of it. Otherwise, we'd all just play chess, wouldn't we? Because it's the same every time, and it's just this isn't. I mean, even chess isn't balanced is it because what go first but it's it, i think one of the things that i love about age of sigma is that with each release the meta shakes up you know last 
you know, a month ago, OBR were the kings and everyone was complaining about them being really powerful. Um, now Zeech beats up. You know, before OBR, it was, you know, Forest Slayers are really uh, an engaging to play, um, you know, which obviously Zinch now beats. Before Fire Slayers, it was Doors of Cain and Slanesh. Before that, it was Vanguard. Where, you know, each thing, each thing that changes presents a new, like, you know, a it's new tactical a new, option of how you play. It's a new challenge to right, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that, that things like Chain Chess isn't egregious to play and that people won't you know, won't enjoy it. And it's, it's you know, um, it's not, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's fun for everyone. If you've took like a, uh, a, a sort of like a Duridan army, then, you know, when you play changes, it's not going to be fun for you because the, the disparity between the two armies is so high. But I think that what it allows us to do, and one of the things I do like, and I know there's a lot of people online and Twitter and stuff that they're saying, we shouldn't have to do this and we shouldn't have to do that. But essentially, if you take the same thing against Changehost, you will probably lose. But each army book, by Changehost being now on the scene and the Zinch book being on the scene, you can now look into the army book and see how you would play against it. Now, I mean, back in the day when the Zinch book first came out, um, and I was doing particularly well with the Stormcast was because of the high armor and the minus, the, the, you know, the mirror shield on the Star Drake because of the Skyfires. You switch off to Skyfires. And if you can survive the, the mortal wound output from the spells, you would then be able to go in and kill the army. Um, you know, again, now that's, you know, any, any resilient army that can mitigate the shooting is going to be, you know, is going to find, I mean, like I said, there is a lot of mop wounds to get through with the horrors, but, it still dies to a stiff breeze, right? Once you when when you do turn through the stuff, um, particularly if you can get round the back, because if you if you can get yeah. stuff behind the horrors or round the horrors, and that's why I think you, things you can that can it. retreat and charge are really strong. Yeah, you know, like uh, quite a lot of them in the game as well. People don't prioritize it nearly as enough as they should. It's so powerful. Or yeah. even with things six inch pylons, where you can run out of the combat and then just six inch pile into the flamers and kill them all. Yeah, if if you, I mean, obviously you have to be able to survive that that initial barrage of shooting and you know i think maybe you know i've not played it but maybe the you know i'm, I'm going to try and run it maybe against forest in the club with my my old stormcast build and see how that runs against it and see if it just gets destroyed in the first turn because like in my head i think it, it stands up to it um you know the same with deepkin like deepkin i think beat it um you, it's yeah, not just put your idol totally. on with the cloak of whatever it is at the front you have to shoot him yeah just be like can't. yeah it's like come at me yeah um you know there, there's ways around there's ways around it and i know people don't like the change and having to go back to the army book and think about it um and yeah like i said i'm not being you know i'm not being dismissing it as a uh, it's something that's 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 right but i think that's what i enjoy about warmer is the fact that with each army book the meta shifts sometimes it shifts massively sometimes it doesn't shift massively you know i remember a time when like nine bow hunters were considered the worst thing to play against in the game because they killed all your heroes you know when the sylvaneff book first came and mm. you know naru and 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 you know a few other things but then people changed and eventually the shooting meta slipped away and then it was the you know the always strike first but you know it's like i remember when sal teleporting storm fiends across the table was i know right yeah. and like it's you look back at it and you're like we've come through so many different things and the the meta does shift and that's the thing that is what i enjoy about the game it's not for everyone's taste but like you know by by any stretch of imagination but but yeah it's like you know where's slanesh now like all this we had exactly the same conversation 
with Sonesh. Mm. But now, yeah. you know, now things, people learn how to play against it. And like, you know, for those who are well, saying they got, that... They got addressed it, as well, didn't they? Because there were some changes yeah, made like, to Depravity Locust. But, but even then, dude, it's like, you know, I took Skyboard Slayers to Bloody Glory and, and Beat Slash on the string. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it was an easy thing, but you just have to understand how the army plays and, and yeah. play around. And, you know, and, you know, ultimately, you know, if someone, if you, if someone had said to to, to anyone, like, will Les beat Skyborne Slayers on the screen with, where, you know, so will, will Les beat Slash on the screen with Stormcast? You know, what would you, you know, you, people just bet against me, wouldn't they, every time? But it's, it's understanding how the army works. I and, think, and I think, game, yeah, but, but fundamentally there's, there's stuff that, is a natural counter to things, and and like, like you say, like Stormcast Skyborn Slayers is a good get list to play against Sonesh because it's got yeah. the shooting, it's got the alpha, it's got the able to shut the summoning down. You know, it, it's it's got the elements you need, but it's understanding what you should be going for. It's it's a bit like the OBR. It's like people complain about the harvesters and they charge the boat yeah. Mortec guard, and they oh they just don't die. And it's like, why didn't you just kill the harvester? Like I watched um. Um, Joe McGough basically target the harvester and delete it before it could heal anything, and then, yeah. then immediately it's like, what's my next target? What's my next priority? And it's like, you know, take out the Cavalos, take out the Relentless Discipline generation. There's all this stuff that the Bone Reapers rely on. That you know, if you can, if you can take those elements out, you suddenly the Cavalos is massive. You lose the plus one attack commandability. You lose two Relentless Discipline a turn. It's it's just like it's such a big loss to the army, and people yeah. just go, "Oh, he's got that." Ignore the first wound, so I just won't bother. He's got seven wounds. I mean, like, it's um... yeah, with enough shooting, you just kill it, don't you? And that's the thing. It's like I know everyone like the internet has got the meme like shoot the heroes in that woke capital lowercase yeah. shit, but if you shoot the heroes in a bone army, then you don't generate any relentless discipline, right? Yeah, then you can't reroll your saves. You can't give him plus yeah. one attack. You can't reroll to wound. So, you can't cast soul guide for plus reroll ones to hit. You know. So so a shooting army beats bone reapers. Yeah, bone reapers are the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and they they like, are vulnerable two, two to red shooting. Like I, my, my dreaded yeah. matchup is someone with four is taking those ballistas in stormcast. Yeah. You know, just absolutely yeah, hammers your units to bits. You know, rolling yeah, thunderhead I mean, from a star drake. I mean, it's just like there's loads of stuff in this in the stormcast army that causes bone reapers a massive headache. Um, you know, evocators, nightmare. Yeah, it's it, it, again, it's just it's just that, that thing. And like, I think half the fun, uh, we, we all jump to these snap decisions so quickly when we don't really look at what is like, you know, look at the the puzzle that is Bone Reapers and Zinch and try and like, you know, solve it um, rather than I mean rather than sort of like just showing at the moment and yeah it's like you know i get people love the, people love the hobby they're passionate about it right so i guess they you know they're everyone's entitled to to, to show and scream about stuff that they they love but i don't know man like maybe it's just me but i don't think it's that big a deal but i think i think for me i i, I kind of get i get it if people have a negative experience in multiple games and they've and they're not enjoying the the experience or feeling like they've got options and then you might look into your battle tome and go i can't see i can't see the the thing in this book that's gonna gonna beat that in that that skewed way and i think there are things that, that probably need to be addressed with it but the the faith i have in the process is that it will get addressed if it's a problem um so i don't i almost think that people try and push their agendas online with how they violently they shout about things and i think actually 
Yeah. You don't need to behave like that because at the end of the day, like, you know, Sam was there. He was at the event. You know, he's there walking around asking people, people getting feedback. You know, people pay attention. You don't you don't need to be that bombastic and loud and and, and extreme in your view. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff people have said is so extreme. You're just like it's it's borderline hate speech and you're just like, Well, what what's that achieving? Like be balanced and constructive and if you've got and uh, I've played twelve I'd, games against this yeah. and this, this and this army can't work out to beat it. Like that is way more constructive than ah. Exactly. Like like or this this thing feels a bit strong. Have you have you thought about you know uh, is this something that needs to be looked at or I've, I've you know or hey guys I'm playing this army and I've just played the change host and got my shit pushed in. What would you do to counter it with these with this army? Have you got any ideas? You know that kind of thing. Those kind of discussions. They're positive discussions. It's looking for solutions. It's it's giving examples of of why or what isn't great. I mean. And and I know it it can seem obvious to say oh obviously Petrifix is too powerful and it's like but it, yeah yes it's good and it is good against some books and it probably does need a look at but it's 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 like why is it too powerful what what is it that makes it you know this what what is it that you could do differently and it's those kind of questions and I think when a book comes out very be- soon before an event and you haven't sat down and looked at that book and gone how am I going to deal with the potential thing that I'm going to see especially if the book's got a lot in it. You might not necessarily see how someone's going to take this book and go. This is the this is a honed list that I've written out of these all these different options. Once you've seen it, you go. Oh, I know that's a thing that exists that people take. Now, how do I deal with it? So I think it almost compounds the issue. Um, yeah, but at least it's not boring, right? Like you said, because like you don't. I mean, for me, the worst thing would be you have an army list that you never change because it's the best list. And you go to events and it's a good book and you win with it. And until that book gets redone or something else comes along in three, four years time that you might do so differently, that that's just what you play. Like when you I really like to... the rising stock of old armies. Like you're just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get my Stormcast out the thing because they are an incredibly good counter to this. Or they've got options against this and game against everything else. That's that's great too. That's really nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think the you go back to the old... Um, the old days, and you'd say, "Well, I've got my Warriors Army. It's got two units of Skull Crushers. It's always got two units of Skull Crushers every day of the week. It's always got this, that, the other. It's like you always have chariots as your core. You always have this, and your list is the same. You always have a Nurgle Demon Prince. So you're like, there is no reason to change that formula because the things that you have to deal with with that army aren't changing enough that forces you to look at it and change it. If that makes sense, yeah." Um, yeah, it does. So um, I think it's way more absolutely. exciting where we are now, um, and I, you know, I just think it's very difficult to get that edge, but not too much, hundred percent right. Um, yeah. What are the three things people can do to counter it then? If people do want generic tips, like troops of the vanguard move, um, so people can't reach a gooey center. What else? I I would say anything that can deep strike or come on from the sides. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, range that you can keep safe. Um, so, you know, anything that can retreat and charge. Um, so if they try and pin you with horrors, you can get round. You know, flyers are quite good at that. Um, so the idea is really what you need to do is get into the things that do the, doing the work. So in the conflagration build, it's the, the flamers and the Lord of change. Now, of course there is the other host where you can't retreat. So that, that kind of shuts that option down. Um, but you need to, um, 
you just need to have different different options and like so even if you can't retreat like having removing unit and setting it up isn't a retreat move yeah. so picking up like from a vexler banner i actually think stormcasts are a great counter to to chain host i actually do think they're great oh. against it right I do as well. I honestly think that there is a, uh, there's definitely uh, an option for, you know, you got to think. Looking at, I just looking at sort of like, so let's look at that the the Stormcast army that I took to the heat that wasn't particularly that I didn't do well with with the twenty sequiturs. You're there and you're like, right, so all in staunch defender range. They're on a three up rerollable arm save against shooting, which will be the rend from the flamers. So it'll be a four up rerollable, which is you know it's still going to be tough to get through. So then you know it's. Or even sort of like the Fulminators and the Stardrake from the, the TM build, you're like, right, okay, so every, the Stardrake and the Fulminators are all on one at re-rollables that go to two at re-rollables when they get shot. So uh, two at re-rolling ones. Um, and then if you get pinned, you retreat and charge with the Harad, or if, he's, if you protect him, if you've not protected him, then you're an idiot. You don't, you know, you keep him out of sight so that he can't be shot, you know. Um, and then you've got the option to, you know, essentially go into that unit and, and, and maybe not kill it or retreat and charge over it and get into the flamers. Um, you know, it, that would be how I'd play it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've not, I've not put it, I've not played it, so I don't know, but it, it does seem that there are ways around it and you'd have to, same in every game, you have to get lucky and play smart, but I don't know. Yeah. The other, the other counter is just also be a one drop and go first. Yeah. How many one drops? I've been prioritizing it for a long time. I mean, I, I had that when I had the ruck just, I always got the choice. Never didn't, apart from Sylvaneth, which is once in a blue moon. I mean, it's so, very tricky. Quite a lot. So there's one drops in. Uh, you could do uh, in the slaves book. You could do the the one drop there, couldn't you? Um, yeah, essentially. I think slaves are a really good counter um, because you've yeah. got the vanguard in. You can do a one drop. You've got things like um, Bellacore that can shut down. And, yeah. Um, you know. Even, yeah, you do. Uh, on sorry, go on. I said you can do it on the horrors, so they come in. Like I said, uh, Avin played Rick Myhill at Brotherhood with his Nurgle Knights, you know. If you've got them, if you've got a unit of Nurgle Knights with insulted weapons, you can get them onto a three-up re-rollable arm save, right? Yeah. So, then, and then minus one to hit, because they're within 18 of that. You realise how big a, a thing that is. So they're minus one to hit as well. So what do Flamers hit on? I can't even remember. Mm. It's not... Yeah, um, yeah. Flamers hit on fours. Yeah, so it then makes it harder for the flames to hit. Um, you know, the they're on. They've got mortal wounds of a five up. Plus, if you've got a war shrine, they've got a five up, then a six up because of the war shrine buff. The war shrine's on a big base. Uh, you take some untamed beasts. You screen off the the board, and then you then can teleport with a spell uh, and put the knights into whatever you want, and they they do a load of damage. It's there. There is ways around it. I think, like I said, slaves is a like slaves beat it i think or, or can compete with it um you know uh, if you go first you can then be oppressive to them if you don't go first because you can make it a one drop i think it's what seven units in the one drop i think so i'm not 100 yeah. percent sure about checking because uh, I'm, I'm yeah book i've not delved into um even yeah. like flesh eaters come on for the edges you've got plenty of cheap chaffy units you know playing blister skin you've got the speed you can deploy really far back and outrange the guns um you know, put a screen of ghouls up that, that push them back and then have be really deep with your stuff and then use if you're playing blister skin as well, you can basically teleport your your, your flying units um nine away, then do the charge, you can bring stuff up from the sides. Um yeah, nightmare. Because all you've got to do is avoid the big tar pit and get into the back lines. Um and if they're going first you've got a chance at a double as well. So I think there's definitely options. I mean if you're playing like legions you can 
use your grave markers. Um, you probably won't have one drop army, but if they want to um, come in and and just just deploy deep, have st- have fast heroes and just do stuff like Legion of Night. You can put stuff off the table. Come on, summon yeah. up from the grave sites. You know, bring slain units back. Have a screen of crap that that just you know dies, but then you can bring it back again with a command point. You know, there's loads, loads of stuff. I mean, I think the um, I think I think the problem is it 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 just took a lot of people by shock. And if you're playing Bone Reapers, my my immediate reaction is to play lots of MSU cavalry with Stalag Lords. Is is the way I think you'd beat it. Um, you sort of take your catapults, still take your depth and your army, but the um. Or even even the gash really because who gives a fuck about the shooting and um you shut the magic down and as long as he doesn't get tar pitted you can get around the table and, and kill what you would need to kill you know so um I think there's plenty of uh, plenty of options in that book I think if you take like seventy more tech guard in Petrofix and put them all in a line they're they're gonna get <laughs> shot to bits you know I think that's uh, yeah. just inevitable at that point um but that's a good thing I think you know yeah like, know, it's the changes thing. that result. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing that suddenly those those OBR players are thinking, or oh, maybe I can't just spam more tech guard um, <laughs> if I want to be competitive. <laughs> I guess and, we'll um, see. You can still take more tech, but I mean, I I think forties and more techs is overkill anyway. I mean, I wouldn't take more than twenty. No. Um, but anyway, I think we've covered we've talked really, about that. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a random show, just chatting about stuff. But um, hopefully, we'll we'll come back again. We've got some stuff got Belgium coming up, so we'll cover that obviously because that'll be that'll be interesting. Talk about that. So uh, uh, you can tell us all about your fun Halo Heart games. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I'm sure I'll have loads of fun. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm um, excited I am for it. Exactly, and hopefully, yeah. like I said, South Coast tickets are up. There's loads of cool events. If you want your event shouted out, get in contact with us. And I know I don't mention everyone's events because there's so many. Uh, but if you want one shouted out, just get in contact. Let us know. We'll, uh, we'll give it a plug. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, see you at events soon. And uh, thanks for listening. Catch you in a bit. See you guys. Bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.